0: Talking Tesla Talking Tesla. Tesla I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator As they put rings on Elon It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm
1: I don't think you need to touch the steering wheel there Tom
2: Oh I'm sure there's some math So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal um, Landing a rocket... On a drone ship is key. Charger, charger, <laughs> charger, <laughs> charger. How am I
0: expected to drive a car without autopilot? Same Charger,
2: charger, charger. <laughs> you know, I'm not a good parker yeah. top. I'll be in the first to minute. I yeah. Just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. Six. All the other cars are gonna be stupid cars compared to this car. To you don't even yeah, have to remember
0: that. You've got a Model X. I've seen the future, and it is like pole charging. No, I
1: wouldn't call it a screw up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. <laughs>
0: Joe, are you ready? Are we ready? Are we going to do this? Should we do this? Do it. What are we going to do today, boys? It's episode 103. I think you should announce it with your elderly man voice. This show gets older and <laughs> older and older. It's not, this show is not the Benjamin Button of podcasts. <laughs> it didn't start... Really, really old and is getting younger and better.
1: That would be cool, though. Imagine starting a show with episode 200 and everybody knows it's going to end.
0: So you want the show to end? We can make that happen. Yeah, we
1: can end it at (laughs) any time. I do ask myself sometimes when I am Uh up late at night or distracted Uh at the dinner table because (laughs) some cool story came across my phone Mm -hmm. and my family are looking at me with these forlorn eyes like, what's Mm -hmm. he doing again? Dear Patreons, episode 103 Robert's last show
0: <laughs> Because of We don't want you to have to struggle Through any more forlorn looks From your family, Robert i
2: got to tell you There's been many times That I've looked at the size Of the document in front of me This morning and going Really? Are we still doing this show?
0: <laughs> this is going to be Eight hours long It's not It's a fine, fine Compact show Full of Entertainment nuggets But first Melvis Yes, sir Patreons I love the Patreons Because they give us a little bit of cash To help
2: towards the show And they're good people And I did what I think Was the best Patreon I've done for a week
0: On Friday (laughs) (laughs) It's the best one you turned out this week Yeah Do you
1: you hear that sound? That's the sound of Mel patting his back Yeah It's, It's pretty good I talked about Hydrogen
0: You did It was interesting I listened to it I don't always listen to it what? But when I do
1: Ooh He listened to it That's a high five <laughs>
0: That's great
2: And I should say that we're recording this On the anniversary of 9-11 mm. 16 years ago yeah. Which we can all remember exactly where we were And exactly what we were doing And so to the first responders And to those people who lost people during 9-11 Our thoughts are with you I actually went to a peace rally yesterday I've never been to a peace rally The local synagogues, churches, and mosques did a big peace rally here down in um, the valley. We went for a walk. It was inspirational. It was fantastic. It was great. Met some people from the community, Thomas, of different flavors and And colors. And
0: it was peaceful.
2: It was very peaceful. Except when the uh, cop got angry at us because we weren't crossing Ventura
1: Boulevard correctly. The cop wasn't peaceful. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I saw this tweet and I actually retweeted it It was a picture from like Staten Island of lower Manhattan on the evening at the sunset of September 10th, the night before 9-11. And it just really struck me how much history changed in a matter of hours. And I don't know that that's happened in the past. But in a matter of hours, I mean, other than, you know, meteorites striking the Yucatan or something like that. Well, you have all kinds of events that, that have actually changed Pearl the course Harbor. of the
0: world. Pearl Harbor, the right. assassination of Abraham Lincoln, and the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand was kind of a big that one was a at big one, one point. That did yeah. go well. So
1: started a few wars.
0: Wow. This show is just not a history show. And but, history but you know what is so a, you
2: know a good history show? Dan
0: Carlin uh, Hardcore history Hardcore history If you're so a podcaster
2: good. that has many hours to
0: spend <laughs> Hardcore history, Dan Carlin It is so good Yeah, if you're one of our listeners who might listen to shows at 3 or 4X Dan Carlin might be for you <laughs> yeah,
1: Add
2: that, he's so good Hey, Powerwall update uh, This is happening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls So uh, two weeks ago I said i put in an order for Powerwall And I was waiting, waiting, crickets Yeah. And then Mm -hmm. I got an email saying, hey, could you give us some more information? And they send you an email. I'm giving you this update. Who's they? uh, The Tesla that is uh, Tesla.
0: And so, you, so you got an email from Tesla email, Energy, not email. a third-party victim.
2: No, from Tesla themselves. And they send you an email and send us some preliminary stuff. So they ask you to take a picture of your power box, a picture of where you think you want, want the power walls to go. They ask you a series of questions, which I think is important. Do you want to use this as backup so that you can store your own energy? And if there's something bad happens, you've got your own energy. Do you want to use this to sort of pay down time of use kind of stuff. Do you want to do all of that? And then a couple of days later, so I did all that. Yeah. I got a call from them. Mm -hmm. Got a call and they asked me about some other information. Um, And specifically the information they asked was, do you want to have this set so that can just power your whole house? If the power goes out, or if you want to go to specific places of your house, like the fridge and the lights and everything. Mm -hmm. And he's like, and he said to me, Mel, I suggest you just do the whole house. It's a lot easier. And then if you want to not use too much, just run around and manually turn everything off. So it was very good. It's very cool. It's very exciting. And then he said, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, there's some huge incentives in California. How big? For power oils.
1: Huge.
2: Huge. So one of them is the power company will give you basically $3,000 towards your power, which costs $6,000. If they get to use it once a week, we would like to use this as backup for the grid. So they're trying to get all these Powerwalls out there to help with grid stability. And they're going to give you some money. For
0: each one or for just
1: the install?
2: For each one, it sounds like. Oh, my God. And then he said, and guess what? There is a bill in California, and again, this is boring to anybody outside California, which is going to have even more incentives. So the incentives seem to be moving from EVs at this point to home storage. And he said, if this goes through, you'll almost be able to get these things for free and then just the cost of installation.
0: So that's because... It costs billions of dollars to build new power plants. Yeah. And I think we just wouldn't want to do that. No.
1: And then it can cost billions of dollars to clean them up afterwards, such as San Onofre. Such as? There is another podcast I've been listening to, The
2: Energy Show. I think it's The Energy Show I was listening to.
0: Is those Are those guys that have high energy?
2: They have a lot of energy. Uh, It wasn't the energy show. It was another one. Anyway, they were talking about utilities and why utilities don't want you to get power walls and all this stuff. Because they get paid something like a 10% return on the amount of money that they have out there in the world. So if they build a billion-dollar power-generating plant plus a billion dollars' worth of infrastructure, they get a guaranteed 10% on that $2 billion that they've outlaid.
0: Guaranteed from who?
2: From Somebody like, uh, the, like local, the utility payers, the, the utility themselves
0: right. get to charge the rates so that they make
2: that. 10%.
0: That's pretty good. And that so, means you're paying it, Tom. So they don't you're want you to have this. Yeah. No, you're paying it. Robert. No,
1: I'm going I'm to go off grid. No, you're paying I'm it. I'm doing it like Mel. They Mel's don't, paying it.
2: They don't want you to have what is called behind-the-meter storage and production. So if you've got your own solar panels and you've got your own battery, you're not – At the meter, between the meter and the utility, they don't want you to have that because they, if everybody does that and that's billions of dollars worth of infrastructure, they don't get to charge their 10% on that. So they don't like it.
0: But the interesting thing is, so if that's the case, then why are they offering incentives for people to do it, A? I don't know. Right? Because they're going to get to use your thing one day a week. But you would think that in the long run, they're sort of eating their young in that particular instance. And we're seeing it in the letters that we're getting it from our Australian listeners, correct? The more and more people that go off-grid, the more expensive it is for those of us left behind. Left behind. So that's my update and I will uh, tell you more. A lot of people are
2: interested in how this is going to go, how hard it's going to be. I will give you a blow. Mm, Be blow.
0: Thomas. Is there a date? Is there a source of information?
2: When I was uh, doing my uh, notes here, I thought I didn't ask
1: when they can actually put it in. I know it's going to be in 2020. 2020. It's going it to be twenty twenty because
0: everything electric happens in 2020. I
2: got the feeling that it was going to be pretty quick, but I didn't actually ask.
1: <laughs> hey boys, guess what is this week? No, I don't know. Don't I don't I have no t- homie, idea. Tell me, it's my favorite time of the year. Go, Robert. It is the National Drive Electric Week. It started Saturday two days ago. Are there any National
0: Drive Electric Week event week events? local near us they're not very
1: weak but they are happening all week and in fact events started on the 9th 9th of september which is uh the saturday that has passed and they will continue until september 17th which is the uh sunday coming
0: up so national drive electric week is eight days long
1: it's National it's
0: Drive Electric Week day. Week.
1: <laughs> it's a long enough week that you get two weekends, and those are primarily when the events are taking place. Mm. The events that already took place were in places like Texas. I think the one in Houston uh, may not have actually taken place. I
0: think National Drive Electric Fortnite Week Day would be better. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. And so so, there are many events coming up I threw in the show notes a map that shows how many events And in fact, this is the first year they've taken it internationally
0: So it's driveelectricweek.org forward slash index And you too can enjoy Robert's Mappo
2: it's a really lovely map at National Drive Electric Week Day that's eight days, two weekends, <laughs> and international Day. So
0: we got an email during the week from one Robert Lasho Rosenbloom, and he said <laughs> there is a local event this weekend at our local right. big box mall with smaller boxes to buy things <laughs> in it, which is kind oh. of ironic that this they do a- them in malls. Melvis? Yes. Saturday? Yes. Would you like to go and speak to the people? Robert uh, can't come. Sad face, Robert. Uh, yes. Well, a couple of
2: things. First of all, that big box mall over there, did you notice what they've installed in the last month or a so? A
0: United States Post Office? No.
2: At the big mall, they have installed a load. Of solar panels, all of the top of the thing is now covered in solar electricity. Oh, at electricity. the other
0: at the Topanga Westfield.
2: So, this is not at that mall. There's we've got two malls here, ladies and gentlemen, they're very close to each We're other. We're talking Woodland Hills, California, by I the way. I
0: think it's at the Promenade Mall in their parking lot. Am I wrong? Mm-hmm. Do anyway, we know? uh, the
2: I will go down there and go check it out, uh,
1: but I've got to go go uh, down to a little r- r- racey race. So, uh, if it's in the morning, I'll be there. If it's not, yeah, they typically I start around 10 in the morning. I'm going to be at the big one downtown Los Angeles uh, and we didn't
0: get invited to that one. He only invited us to the uh, small local one.
1: Well, there's going to be like four happening at the same time on Saturday. They're also going to be on Sunday. There's some events that are you know sort of scattered throughout the week, Friday. Uh, I'm also going to be in Santa Monica at the Alt car expo okay so gathering a lot of people from the public and my experience in the past and if, and i'm going to see if i can't talk to some of them are folks who have ice cars and they are trying to you know sort of convince themselves to stretch huge stretch to buy a battery powered car mm, because so it is a lot, exp- a lot more expensive if you're typically buying used you know toyota corollas and you're spending you know Ten dollars to $15,000 for a car to stretch and pay a lot more is really tough. Now, the new leaf is coming
0: out. It has a new leaf on life. And this event is actually at El Camino Real High School, not at the mall. I misspoke 10 to 2 p.m. Saturday the 16th, El Camino Real High School in Woodland Hills. California.
2: So, uh, you, what you're saying is that you, an electric car driver, you go there, you take your electric car, you yes. talk to people who
1: don't have electric cars, yes. and there's even some you can hop in my car and drive you around. That is around correct. So there there are, are lots of different types of test drives. Some of these, some events, have people who come with their own electric cars drive others around. You know, there's always these insurance considerations. I've done that a number of times, and people really loved it, and, and it was a really fun and pleasant experience. Other times when there's dealers that show up with their BMW i3s and their Nissans and their Golfs, they want to do all the exclusive driving. Typically, Tesla does not show up at these events. Tesla, the company, the but company. there
0: are five Teslas... From individual owners signed up for at least the Woodland Hills one, 26 different automobiles of 11 different models will be in attendance at El Camino Real, everywhere from the i3 to the Spark EV to the C-Max Energy and all of them in between. So if you're on the fence or on an electric fence, as it might be, you might want to just pop on over.
1: Yeah. And it's great to get people's experience because otherwise electric cars seem like this, you know, sort of holy grail. I mean, I, before I got an electric car, I was like, wow, can I really do it? Where do I charge? How do I do this? It's so different. Do I really want to upset the apple cart of my life to go for an electric car? And it's really useful as an electric car owner to go there and give people your experiences so that you can help encourage this movement towards electric mobility. So uh, there you go, ladies and boys and girls. It's the National Drive
2: Electric Week Day that's eight days long and two weekends and is not actually a week and is also international Is uh, this
0: week. <laughs> it's not national. Oh, it's so the International National Drive uh, Electric, Electric week, week Day event.
1: That's eight days it long and two weekends. It gets longer every
0: year. Month, year. It's amazing. <laughs>
1: yeah. And so talking about the Nissan Leaf, I threw in this quick piece. A very momentous thing happened just two or three days ago, depending on when you listen to the show, is that Chris Ramsey – drove with his wife over 10,000 miles in the Mongol Rally and finished it. An all-electric car. This is the first time it's been done. This was a leaf that was basically pretty much off the shelf. They removed the back seats and some interior trim to lighten it up. They threw a roof rack on it with some really bright lights because they were driving in places there that only had, like, starlight. And they made this amazing trip. I threw in a picture of the car, you know, like waist-deep, the car's waste, that is, in water. Uh, Of course, it doesn't have to worry so much because it's electric and doesn't need, you know, the water won't mess up the engine. and uh, The exhaust. Or the exhaust or the intake. And so uh, they they did some modifications to the car to make it a little beefier, lifted up, bigger wheels and tires. But this is a pretty momentous thing that they drove all that way. And they just posted a video on Instagram, like, like I say Two days ago How did, did they, they Finished it How did they Charge
0: That's what I want to know How did they charge it in the middle Of
1: Mongolia How did they charge it Robert uh, I expect they used Electricity <laughs> <laughs> I knew He was going to say that uh, you're like a neurologist. Very specific and completely useless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, there's
0: a medicine joke uh-oh. that no one gets. I don't know. There may
1: be a neurologist <laughs> who used to listen to the show. And so, um, you know, I have a picture actually of the um, one of the German team members from the Tesla or actually it was an electric vehicle round-the-world trip, and I have it on my screensaver at work, where is a red Tesla covered in stickers that's plugged into some box that's sitting next to some power lines out in the middle of some, like, deserted plane. And he just basically jacked into a 240 circuit to charge the car. And so if there is electricity and you have some some knowledge about how to use electricity, you can charge an electric car. That's not me, or maybe you guys, but... You know, the ability is there. And so you can get electricity in far more places than you can get gasoline. So uh, let's
2: talk about the LEAF then, since we're talking about this rally car LEAF. And I'm sure that there are, hopefully there'll be sort of a documentary-like movie that'll come out about how, how they did this, and uh, that would be fun to watch. But the LEAF, the new LEAF, was released last week, unveiled to the world. We were all excited about this new LEAF. It hasn't had a substantial upgrade since 2010. That's when I bought my LEAF. And we were hoping that there was going to be a huge change in this LEAF and. In terms of particularly mileage, range, duration, ability to drive far between um, charges. Some
0: LEAF owners would have been happy if the range stated was just accurate in any way, shape, or form.
2: But the new LEAF has a rated range this year of 150 miles, hmm. which to me is useless. The current LEAF is 107 miles. They've moved it to 150. After seven years... Is this
0: thing on? But that puts it in Nissan. the ballpark of your 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 Kia Soul EV, your your Rav Four EV, your not Mercedes. useful for the
2: majority of people. So here's the problem: they've had they've been doing this longer than anybody, having a mass market car. Correct. And we love the Leaf. They started the ball rolling. Seven years and you've moved from 70 miles range to 150 miles range, it's inadequate. The Bolt is 250 plus. It's probably significantly more than that. The Tesla is 220 to 340 uh, miles. This is inadequate, and everybody, not everybody, but many people have been extremely
0: disappointed with this update to the Leaf. But it's more inexpensive than any of those those other vehicles. It's not
2: that less expensive. If it was $15,000, I'd be excited. But people can say, oh, it's less money. It's 30 grand versus a Bolt, which is 35 grand. It's not a competition. Bolt wins. Tesla wins.
1: Nissan, what are you doing? I have a question for you, Mel. Just one. Go. Over the last fourteen days, would you have had to drive farther than one hundred and fifty miles oh. round trip? Let me
2: do the math here. <sighs> I went to the bathroom. Or I went to the. <laughs> I walked outside. Uh,
0: no. Did you even drive here? <laughs> I didn't drive here. <laughs> I've driven. A- I drove to
1: Santa Barbara I did, I went 150 miles Oh, okay, one time? One time You could have used your wife's car It's true
2: So I know what you're saying And so this is still a fine car But just in general, I think uh, It was a bit disappointing We thought, okay, now Leaf is going to get in there With a 200 plus mile range And that's going to make people feel good
0: Not yet Maybe next year more. it would have made you feel good if it was 210 It would have made me feel
2: a bit better because at two hundred and ten, there's something magic about two hundred, and there's something super magic about three hundred. Super magic, super magic. Because you know when super it's rated, magical. you know this, Tom. We all know this. When it's rated at one hundred and fifty, you're not getting one hundred and fifty. Well, that's only
0: true when we're discussing the leaf for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, it's but magic. Again, if it says sixty, you got forty. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. What is it with Nissan? Is it is it metric mathematical situations like they
1: mean? 40 nanokilometers? Like, I don't know what their situation is. I I just have to think about it this way. You know, my my initial go is, yes, we should be all electric, 100% electric. All cars that don't use 100% electric are evil cars. But I have to sit back and I have to think, take a big, deep breath. How many fewer gallons of gasoline can we burn? And even a Volt or other hybrids that plug in give the opportunity of lowering the amount of gasoline we burn. That is the goal. And so if the LEAF works for a lot of people, it's one of the, you know, I think it's the top-selling electric car in the United States. Well, but it's been around the longest. That's true. But still, success means they're continuing to be bought. And so I think it's a great thing. I I loved my LEAF. It's a great car, 150
2: miles. It's better than 100 But it's no better than 70, better than
0: 80. And again, if you start looking around at the plug in hybrids, that is a, it's not a plug in hybrid, right? It's a full electric vehicle. So that's amazing. But if you start to look at your other options for full electric vehicles, there aren't that many of them, as it were. If you start looking around for your plug in hybrid electric vehicles, there are not that many of them. And the ones that exist, nine out of 10 have 11 to 16 miles of range. So they're just kind of – it's kind of silly.
2: The uh, resale value on this, I think, is going to be quite bad, personally, because Model 3s will be out there in the wild. Leafs al- are already doing badly in the resale market, yeah, partially because the Leafs that are out there are sort of like 70 to 100 miles of range. Yeah. So uh, – They're not going to get any better. The good part of that, though, is a couple of years from now, you'll be able to get a 150-ish mile Leaf for – fifteen
0: and you might be able to get eighty miles out of that. So that's also (laughs) one fifty,
2: and you'll be able to get eighty. I have a
0: feeling maybe next week we're gonna get some leaf owner letters potentially. Can I say again, I love the leaf, great little car. As a second car, good, but if you want the ninety nine point nine nine percent car, it's still a Tesla. Or as a very, very specific use commuter car for you, if it works in your mileage situation, plug access, buy a leaf It's super cheap.
2: Uh, Let's move on and talk about uh, Patreon. Okay, we've got a Patreon comment here. It's by Richard Chapman, who said, uh, thank you. Great summary. Listen to this. Great summary about hydrogen in cars. Something that you did? Something
0: that I did last week.
2: But then he uh, links us to Sunfire, which is this group which is turning renewable energy into hydrogen. And is trying to suck carbon out of the air and turning it into uh, fuels as well. And I think we've talked about this before. If you take carbon out of the air and you create this sort of black slushy substance and shove it into the ground, that would be great carbon sequestration. There's another way to do that. Don't take the black slushy stuff out of the ground to begin with, and then you don't have to take it out of the air. So you don't Just have saying,
0: to re-sequester it. It's been pre-sequestered. If we have pre-sequestered. <laughs> let's leave it in there.
2: Uh, so hydrogen... Um, Liquid hydrogen, we've talked about, it's really energy-dense, and on the Patreon we talked about the fact that it's it's a problem for cars, because you have to compress it, and um, there's no infrastructure, and the hydrogen we get in most places right now is actually from natural gas, so it's quite dirty. There is... A show, and we'll talk about it later, that goes into some places that are actually using renewables to create hydrogen to do some interesting things. We'll get back to that. Tesla turns on more range for Florida. So we've had a couple of giant weather events here in the United States. First, we had Harvey. There's weather? Yeah, it's bad. Harvey that dropped, you know, trillions of tons of water on Houston oh, and really right. decimated
0: The, the three-foot, mile-square did, yeah. did you see
1: the picture I sent? Did I send that to you? They did some satellite imagery over the Houston region mm-hmm. and measuring how the land has actually sunk two centimeters From because the of the weight of all that water that fell. That is incredible. That, I mean, it indented the crust. Amazing
2: (laughs) And then we had Irma that just went through Florida And only uh, by luck did not completely decimate uh, Florida It just did a nice little uh, to the left as it was about
0: to crash into Miami The Cubans would probably Um, disagree
2: though (laughs) Oh, What's that other company? Antigua and Barbuda. Barbuda Barbuda was just destroyed Yeah, a bunch of
1: them
0: But
2: it could have been even worse Tesla was a part of the solution. So we saw the 6 million people were leaving Florida, going north, trying to get away from this thing. And Tesla sent out, without fanfare, an update to those people who had 70 kilowatt-hour batteries um, and gave them their extra... Uh, 30 40 miles range by upgrading them to uh, 75 temporarily so that would help them get out of town which i thought was a pretty cool thing to do and i we've talked about this before what happens when you've got everybody's an electric car and you have to get the heck out of dodge six million people millions of cars what do you do well they had huge lines up for uh, fuel there were problems with that but i was watching some of the video footage of these cars leaving florida and i was thinking they're going at about 20 miles an hour and if you go about 20 miles an hour and you test the You can go 400 miles. So if your Tesla's fully charged when you leave, you could probably get a long way away. Yeah,
0: you might have been able to get some hypermiling out of that. I mean, it depends. It was pretty hot in Florida. The water's 90 degrees, so the air's Mm -hmm. probably pretty hot and humid. So you're probably driving with your climate, uh, you know, air conditioner on and stuff like that. So that's going to affect... That range, but very cool for Tesla to turn on this over-the-air update. I wonder how many people sort of just didn't even know. They just charged their car to the 215 and unplugged it. They're like, oh, we're ready to go. Let's go. Right.
2: Yeah, I wonder if, how they, if anybody got that update. Um, did Tesla send you a text message? Or did they send you an email saying, hey, for the next five days, you're going to have an extra 30 miles range on us?
0: Yeah, the one story that I read, the guy just happened to be charging his car and he noticed, well, I have more range than I used to have. What? Yeah. What's going on here? That's cool.
1: I think it's great. It just gives me, you know, again, that warm, fuzzy feeling for Tesla thinking about their customers. It's, uh, it's a great it's a great feeling.
2: It'll give me a warm, fuzzy feeling if one day I go to my car and I say, oh, no, you can get 600 miles out of this car now. That's only you know, like, because there's been an 8.2 earthquake. Yeah, that'd be uh, bad. So – you know, all of these weather events, and it's interesting that the head of the EPA said this is not the time to talk about global climate change. And a number of people from Sierra Club and other places are like, like, uh, no, actually, this is exactly the time yeah, to talk really. about this because this is what's been predicted. This is going to get worse. And the head of FEMA says this is so bad we've got to stop even thinking about just mitigation. We've got to just
0: adapt. Yeah, in fact. And to rebuild properly.
1: Yeah, the former head of FEMA, who was a bipartisan kind of guy, he worked for Bush, he worked for Obama. He came out and said that uh, climate change is here. We now have to adapt. And he's advising. Congress that when rebuilding and spending billions of dollars, that we need to do this with the thought that these extreme climate events are going to continue to happen. So let's stop building stuff in the way of these big storms. We need to move our infrastructure around so that we can build it, or I should say rebuild it, and not have to do it yet again. Yeah. You know, after
2: Katrina, there was a couple of people who too soon after the event said we should not rebuild New Orleans in the same place. And they were criticized quite heavily for it. But I think now people are getting the idea when we rebuild, we have to understand that sea level rise is upon us. And every time that there is a storm and a big surge, you just can't build right up onto the coast anymore. If you're about to drop what is probably going to be Hundreds of billions of dollars between Houston and uh, some of the cities in Florida. Yeah, I mean, we need to rethink what we're doing here. So it's far, too
1: late to stop it. Yeah, so far they've got seven billion appropriated, but the expectation is it's going to be hundreds of billions of dollars. That was
0: just for Harvey.
1: Seven. Just for Harvey, and so now we've had Irma, and next comes Jose, and then comes Katia. They're all out there right now. I don't know. You know, I don't want to profligate doom and gloom, but there's. You know, this is going to be a significant year is basically what they're saying, that the El Nino effect was supposed to sort of moderate these hurricanes and the El Nino did not occur this year or it has not occurred. So I think we're not done. Uh, We're going to have still more problems. And um, I'm just thinking really uh, sorrowfully about all the people that uh, I know in Texas and Florida and all those parts in between. They've got a lot of work ahead of them and I send them my good thoughts
2: so they uh pre-name these hurricanes in the northern hemisphere so after katina is lee maria nate ophelia felipe Rena, sean tammy vince and whitney uh names that you'll be hearing about i'm sure in the next few years yeah. ladies and gentlemen boys and girls let's talk about uh, tesla and uh the stock price hey google what's Tesla's stock price today As of 11.48 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time today, Tesla shares
0: are trading at $358.73 per share on NASDAQ, up 4.46% from last Friday. 4.46%
2: from last Friday. Look
0: at that. You're rich, Tom. Yeah, but it keeps going (laughs) from – that's from like a down position, just for the record. I mean, it's good overall, but for sure it's been – there's been some, let's call it, stock market volatility in the last couple of weeks.
2: Up, down, sideways. Uh, but uh, what is not volatile is the
0: CPO market. This next story, these are not CPOs. They're so not. There's this article in here what? that Robert put in here about TeslaInventory.com.
1: Yeah, I found this website as I was cycling through in the hours that I spend uh, not paying attention to the people around me. Excellent. Excellent. That's the way to go. And it's run by this guy named Eric with a K. uh, And it's basically a list that aggregates Teslas that are for sale. I thought these were Teslas on the Tesla website. They are on the Tesla website. This is
0: actually Tesla new inventory. Right. So these are the cars that are available now. If you look at them. They are all very low mileage, either demos or just Teslas that are available for sale. There's only 192, 162 cars or something like that on this website. They're all the new cars. So they're all eligible for the all incentives. Every one of these cars is eligible for the incentives. And every single one of them, the the most inexpensive one, I believe, is around 80. So these are definitely not CPO Because there's
1: like a a, a P85. That's just the
0: overall list. I'm telling you, I spent some time here last night. I I, I expected
1: you would. And this is one of the reasons that I put it here. But I thought it was cool because, for me, it was informative to know exactly how many versions of Tesla there are. There are literally hundreds and hundreds of different types of models. So you can get an S with a roof Uh, Standard body roof With a sunroof You can get with You know The lift And without the lift suspension There's so many Different variations in here It's mind-boggling But I thought this was cool That you could look through And if you had A particular bent Or you wanted to Price your car This was a pretty good Resource for that Or if you were Looking
0: for a D It's not really about Again, not pricing your car But if you're looking For a very specific vehicle A 75D In a specific color This will tell you A, does it exist Has it been built already? Right Where is it? Mm -hmm. And when can you have
2: it? So you've got three choices to get a Tesla Is that right? You can go on the Tesla website Build yourself a brand new one Correct You can get a second-hand car uh, Which is called CPO Usually significantly cheaper And now you can do this site Which is a sort of um, These are low mileage Slightly different or already built Not taken delivery of kind of cars
0: so uh, it looks like I might have potentially been incorrect because there are – when I was looking last night, okay. I didn't see any of this. So I don't know if I clicked something individually. Yes. There are both CPOs and inventory cars yes. on this website. That's I So you can get
2: – in this one site, you can get all of those second secondhand. Correct, so you can see what's available. So the prices here are going to range from probably now in the mid-30s you can get a Tesla at this point, a 60 uh, with a high mileage in the mid-30s. To all the way up to almost the same price the as building a new
0: one. The inexpensive car on this site is a six five. The other interesting thing about this site is that he's tracking the price changes, like as the prices go up and down, have they been sitting on the Tesla website? So you can see how much they've gone down in uh, recent weeks. Yeah, that one in
1: Hawaii went down over $4,000. It's an
0: expensive uh, transportation fee to the states, though.
1: So that's Eric of
2: teslainventory.com. I want to talk a little bit about China. There's a couple of uh, stories about China. The first one here is China's fossil fuel deadline focuses on electric cars. And basically what this is from Bloomberg says... China is about to announce, they have not yet announced, but they are about to announce when they are going to stop fossil fuels in their country. Yeah. And they're going to move completely to electric cars. Now, this is gigantic because China is obviously a gigantic place. It is a gigantic car-using place. So they are going to announce a date, just as we've heard from other countries, where it's over, it's done. And the good thing about this is that it gets the manufacturers a decade or two to start transitioning very quickly.
1: Right. I mean, the UK said it at 2040. France, Germany, Norway, the Netherlands have all stated that they're no longer going to have fossil fuel vehicles on the road, or I should say sold, after a certain date. It's a little fuzzy still, but just that... These large, large countries that encompass many millions of people are going to be so demonstrative about electric vehicles. I think it's great. I'm waiting for Canada and the United States to announce two big markets. Keep waiting.
2: Yeah. yeah, I think the US will be probably last to uh do this. I mean in China obviously it's a political environment where they can say we're doing this
1: and everybody just has to get in line. Well, if it's any indication the two largest EV makers in China over the last 7 months, so in 2017, have sold 80 almost 83,000 pure electric vehicles. Not a huge number, but still, that's pretty significant. Although in China's perspective, it, I would hope, would be, you know, orders of magnitude larger. But if you look at the last seven months, General Motors in China has sold, let me see, 2.3 million cars. And how many of those were electric? Seven. Uh, Two million? 733 EVs in China. It was like right in the middle of right. our guess It was between two minutes and seven. <laughs> Honda and Nissan are going to inject themselves into the Chinese market starting in 2018. And then I like this one quote here. It says, those who currently are outrunning the others in EVs will not necessarily continue to stay ahead. This is from Cherry Automotive director. And basically, I think he's aiming at Tesla because Tesla is doing pretty good sales in China right now.
2: Well, we have another Chinese story here that is uh, from Robert. It's from Engadget and it's about some Chinese EV supercar that you want to buy for Tom.
1: Yes. Uh, well, no, not exactly. It's an EV manufacturer, Neo, NIO. They used to be called Next EV. And they're now announcing a All-electric SUV, that's what excited me Mm. and got me thinking about Tom. They're the ones who are making this $1.5 million all-electric supercar that's sort of made to order. And you were thinking of me? No, I haven't even actually seen that car. (laughs) Oh, okay. But then I read through and I saw, you know, it's a very nice electric sport utility vehicle, seven seats, all-aluminum, swappable battery which I thought was interesting because they're offering a sort of gas station fill up model. But then I realized that it's only going to be in China and it's coming in 2018, which I thought, wow, they didn't say 2020. So that leads me to understand that our listenership must be really International, because they don't want us mocking them for saying that it's coming in 2020. They've they're, they're all moving it up. They've modified it. Did you say this car is going to be worth one point? No no, 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 the That's, supercar. Their supercar.
0: Uh, That's their supercar. They haven't announced a a
1: price. <laughs> they haven't announced a price, but they're you know they're probably shooting for the submodel X market. Just as an aside, I saw this
2: thing flash across my uh, Google Alerts of some dude that. Got a one point five million dollar Bugatti or some crazy supercar, and within eight minutes of leaving, um, the dealer had crashed. <laughs> yeah. Boom! One point five million in eight minutes. That's, That's pretty got good. Got
0: to affect the sort of resale value drive up, like wow. the the Carfax report uh, purchased uh, nine nine uh, accident nine nine eight you know. minutes later. <laughs>
1: Quick pro tip, if you're going to buy your Tesla, uh, you've been salivating, you've been saving, and you're about to pull the trigger, before you get into your car and drive it, why don't you go for a second test drive? Just get a feel for what it's like to drive the Model S that isn't yours, where you might be a little more careful. When I first got into mine... I was kind of intimidated by it. I was actually very intimidated. Your new one or your first one? My first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When Do
2: you have that? Well, every time I get a new car, as I'm driving away, I'll, I'm having that same thought. Please don't crash on the way home. Please don't crash on the way home. But <laughs> when I picked up the first Model S, I definitely had that same thing. It's like, oh, my God, this is a ridiculously expensive car. I almost wet myself driving home. It was like five miles. I'm like, please, don't, no, that guy over there, no, he's going to hit. No, ma! it was terrible. <laughs> now I just get in the car and drive around. And I don't care, and it smells of you know,
1: old shoes. But you know, like I have first a first drive. I have a better idea for you. Let someone else drive and you sit in the back seat. That's a good idea. So let's talk about autonomous driving. So I was um, going to talk about the back seat. Oh, we'll talk about the back just seat. A, what do I care? A quick bit on Model S. Go. That they're coming out. They've revised the back seat. And now there are pictures out there. I know this may not be important to you. You already had, what, you've had three Model Ss? Three, four, five? No, two. Two Model Ss. Two Model Ss. I'm on my second Model S. It's old news for you. But if anybody's out there thinking about getting a Model S, Tesla has now revised the rear seat. Uh, This is like their third version. Initially, when it came out, it was just a straight bench seat. Uh, They actually tried some executive seats for a while. A friend of mine, Rob uh, has one with the executive seats, two seats with a nice center console then they put out the newer recaro type seats with the front seat bolsters. The rear seat had this sort of like a increased bolster action, but it was I guess pretty uncomfortable to be stuck in the middle because it was your're you're Three people with their hips were all at the same level, and they just were tight. So now what Tesla's done is they've bolstered or raised up the center section. So when three people are sitting in the back seat, two people are sitting a little lower in this sort of scooped out, more scooped out seat. And the third person who's sitting in the middle is actually raised up on a bit of a platform. So it kind of shifts their hips, and each person has a little bit more wiggle room. Oh, that's what it's about, because I couldn't work out from the pictures. They
2: look a little different, but why? what was the big deal here? So that, yeah, this got that an...
1: sounds like it could actually work quite well, instead of everybody shoved on the same bench yeah. to move them up and down a bit. This got announced in electric, and then uh, KRT Rice. <laughs> I guess it's KRT Rice? Kit? Kit? Do you, me to, do you want me to pronounce it? Please? Why don't you? A <laughs> a Reddit contributor. He put in some pictures because he picked up a car in Chicago and took a, like three really nice pictures, so you can get a better look could at it, it.
0: Could it be Kurt Rice? Could be or Kr Trace? I like how
1: I like how, uh, how like it Nell said <laughs> it. <laughs> so it's just another in a thousand Model S tweaks that have happened over the last four years. So can I talk about autonomous driving now? That you've no. done the backseat? No.
2: I don't really have any um, sort of updates on autonomous driving except to say in my car. Oh, yours. It just in my car. Uh-huh. I'm not really care about your car, but I'm in my car. Yeah, well, so, your your car. Car. so we're
0: talking about the car that you barely drive.
2: The one that I almost never <laughs> drive that got a couple of updates in the last few weeks in my car.
0: Uh-huh. I was going to
2: say I think it's gotten worse again, but then I drove it... Yesterday, yesterday on the freeway, and it was perfect. So, I have worked out, and I think I've talked about this before. It really is still having a hard time with changing contrast on the road. So, yes. here in California, I'm sure it's the same everywhere. Sometimes you got black top, and then you've got like concrete or and it's gray white, top with outlines, and, and it really has a hard time when it goes to those transitions between different colors on the ground, in particular, and it freaks out. So, I'm whipping down the freeway, and it puts on the brakes. Big time when it came to this sort of gray white from the black top. I'm like, uh, and I
1: think Robert, you had exactly the same experience. Yeah, I've gotten the latest update v8.1, and then in parentheses 2017.34 space 2448 CFC.
0: It's a really well named update, by yeah. the way.
1: <laughs> I think they should name them. You know, like I don't know, Yosemite. That's been that's been that's been taken. That's been taken. Maybe they can think of something else. Sahara. Maybe. Anyway, when I, I was so excited, I got it was like close to 11 o'clock at night. I got the signal on my phone. An update is ready. I'm like, oh God, do I get out of bed and go out? Of course I do. And, <laughs> and take pictures so I can, you know, keep Tesla Nation informed. Take pictures of your car restarting? No, if it, no, so no if just if like Tidy White is at 11 o'clock at night. Oh, no, don't do that. No, oh. don't do that. So I did take a picture afterwards when it says, what's in this update? What was in the update, Robert? In little letters, it says, this release contains minor fixes and improvements. Ooh. Period. I hate it when that happens. You get so excited and that's all yeah, it says. Yeah, so it's like, what the hell's going on? I mean, you did get minor
0: on? fixes and improvements, not just minor fixes and not just <laughs> improvements. They did both,
1: Robert, yes. at once. Why am I dissatisfied? So I was driving the car. I did put on a couple hundred miles, and I have to say, I think it's getting smoother. Like Elon said, smooth as silk, but... It's getting smoother all the time. Better, better, better. better. There goes our listeners. Wow, that Um, is terrible. Everybody's turned off the show. So I, too, had a problem on the freeway. I was with the wife. We're driving along, and then all of a sudden, a shadow, and then a change in the pavement from concrete to blacktop, and a couple of skid marks, and the car just (laughs) went on the freeway. To 35 miles an hour from like 65. Does your wife have a name? My wife has a name. It's called Don't Use Autopilot. There you go. So yeah. he's protecting the innocent. <laughs> I have to be careful. And so another element of this minor fixes and improvements. Yes. Have you guys noticed that there is now a new choice on the screen with regards to passive entry? Passive Entry. I took a YouTube video. I'm going to post it now to go with this event. No, you won't. It's called Passive Entry. It's on the screen that is settings, doors, and locks. And you can turn it on and off. And this is in response to cars that were being stolen in the Netherlands. So in other words, you walk out of your car, right? And you got the key in the pocket. Mm -hmm. And the whole beautiful thing about the Tesla, right? You could walk up to your car, door handles present, you open the car, you drive away, you don't have to start the car. Nothing. And then you walk away from your car and the door handles close and the car is locked and everything's glorious, right? Well, turns out that some nefarious hole can figure out how to take a repeater and as you're leaving your car, catch the signal going between your key and the car. They can hold on to that signal and when you've taken off, walk up to your car, transmit that signal, get in your car and drive away. So smart. So smart, so smart, and yeah. so bad. Tesla fixed that. It's so called they a did. Model 3. It's called passive. <laughs> yeah, no, it's called passive entry, and it actually is really screwing things up. Because I, I saw this and I read the article about mm-hmm. this, and I thought, or maybe it was on Twitter, and I thought oh, I should probably do this. God, we're in LA. Where would anybody try and steal Teslas? Where there's like a Tesla on every third block. So I turn the thing on. And so now you walk away from the car, it locks. And when you walk up to the car, nothing. You have to go in your pocket, double click the key to open it up. If you want to get in the trunk, you want, your hands are full, you walk up to the trunk, you go push the trunk button, nothing. You have to double click the trunk button to get the trunk open. So basically, it takes away the walk up and present feature. That's upsetting. But that keeps your car safer. So I tried this and I used it for like a day. Mm -hmm. And then I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't Couldn't take take it. it.
0: Couldn't take it. Couldn't take it. So you'd rather have your car stolen. Although I think the fun part of it, I think the fun part of having your car stolen is that then you can open your Tesla app and be like, hey, I know where you are, boneheads. Well, it turns out the Tesla are one of the least stolen cars in the
2: United States. At this point. At this point. But, um, <laughs> you know, I listen to a lot of other podcasts. I don't know. You know, I listen to one about security. And the summary that the security, this is for online security and computer security. And they always say the same thing. Basically, there is a constant tension between security and convenience. We can make your computer and your stuff super, super secure. But it's such a pain in the butt to use. And so it's the same thing with this kind of thing. Like, if you want to make your Tesla unbreakable, you can do it. But then when you got the groceries, it's not very convenient. So you have to decide where your level of comfort is. Do you want to be very comfy or do you want to be very secure? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I want to talk about uh, some factories because there's been big announcements about factories making – big sell. So this one's about LG Chem, which is one of the biggest manufacturers of batteries in the world. And this is an update from Clean CleanTechnica that they're going to drop some more cash into a battery operation in Poland, which is going to make 100,000 EV batteries a year, although we're not sure what size. And they've revealed that they are sort of putting more cash into this factory because they've had so many orders And there's another story, which I don't have right here, which is from somebody who used to work for Tesla, I believe. He is Swedish, and he is going forward with getting cash to build a Gigafactory as well.
1: Swedish.
2: So we are seeing more and more of these factories, and they're getting bigger and bigger because
1: the electric car revolution is upon us. And LG Chem is the elephant in the room of battery manufacturers until Gigafactory 1 is up and running at, you know— major speed. They are currently the biggest, is that correct? They are. And, and then there will be by Tesla. And this story is basically uh, grabbing, I think, a little more media attention, right? They're adding something like $32 million worth of investment to a plant that they've already committed $340 million to create. It's, it's great. I'm loving it. I like the picture. I like the picture on this article where all these uh, Korean dudes are standing in front of a mountain of dirt with, like, gold-plated shovels. Yeah, I noticed the gold-plated shovels. Why do you have a gold-plated shovel? I mean, because it's a photo opportunity. You don't want to have a normal shovel. I guess so. If it was my photo op, I would say, go to Home Depot and just get me, you know, five nice shovels. In fact, actually, take the crappy ones off the construction truck. So you're
0: five very, very wealthy industrialists from South Korea, and you go all the way to Poland because you've invested another half a billion dollars, (laughs) and you show up and your contractor just, oh, last minute, ran over to the Home Depot. No, I don't think so. How are you going to charge up all these batteries?
2: I want to know. So this caught my eye. This is from futurism.com, and it's a Tunisian energy company that wants to pipe electricity from the Sahara Desert to Europe. So the company is called Toursour. Solar electricity. Solar. Didn't I say that? They want to put these giant solar arrays the sort of the versions like we have here in vegas which is the reflective mirrors up to molten salt uh, make the salt really hot turn the turbine when the sun goes down the molten salt stays hot for a long time you can keep running the turbines all night and they want to pipe this under the water across over to the europe's for about uh, a total investment of about six billion dollars But they say this is fantastic because it turns out there's a lot of sunshine in the Sahara Desert. Hmm. Way more there is in
1: most of Europe. And we believe we can do this and make some cash. Yeah, they say they can produce twice as much electricity from solar in Tunisia per dollar than they can in Europe. My question is how much of an energy loss are they going to have by sending this electricity and cables under the water And, you know, there is some political instability in North Africa. Tunisia is the home of the Arab Spring. And I caught in the comments, I think, towards the bottom of this article from uh, Hamza Hamurshin. He says, projects like Tunur deny local people control and access to their land, rob them of resources, and concentrate the value created in the hands of domestic and foreign predatory elites and private companies. They do provide some jobs though. Yeah, I so I read those
2: comments and you, know. and they there was a few important I think comments about big internationals come in take all your land, take the energy whether it's oil or whether it's the sun, they pipe it somewhere else, they get most of the benefit, the locals don't. And I think that is about local politics and making fixing it. But from a technological point of view, I asked my father-in-law who is an electrical engineer how far can you pipe electricity before it's a waste of time? And he didn't have a specific answer, but he said one of the ways you get around this IR squared thing is you bump the voltage way up right? and you have pretty thick pipes and then you can run these things for thousands of miles. And you make a DC direct current. Right. You know, we pipe electricity here in the United States a very long way, thousands of miles interconnects between um, cities and between states. So this is actually something that's possible. And other people have said, Because you can do this, the sun is always shining, the wind is always blowing somewhere, so if you have these giant interconnects, If you had a true national grid, if you had a true international grid, you could get to 100% renewables using this kind of technology. Be kind of like a wave of electricity
1: flowing across the world. But it
0: does sometimes reek of like, well, nothing is happening in this area. Let's just mess up this environment. Not mess up, but let's add to this environment. And I understand it's all about the global good, but we will definitely... There has to be something in it for the local people as well. You're talking about NIMBY. You just have NIMBY? to think about it. Whatever it is, it's all Yeah, it's always NIMBY. Like if if someone were to say, "Hey, let's just cover the San Fernando Valley in a giant one of these mirror arrays." I'd be happy have... with
2: that. if they would drop the temperature in the summer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's so <laughs> hot here. We could we could think back like to February of
0: 2014.
1: There was this big thing called the Ivanpah Solar Electric Generating Station, which is just on the California side of the California-Nevada border. I still have a L.A. Times front page picture of the proposed Ivanpah, which is these three towers, thousands of helic, uh, helic, I don't know, curved mirrors that point at this tower and uh, is now... The largest solar generating system in the world, and the thing is just humming away. It's doing great. They missed the tower, right, uh, with the mirrors a little bit, uh, like a few months back, a year ago, and, and they fire. melted part of the tower. Yeah. Turns out it gets hot if you don't. Oops! But how do you learn about how to use this stuff? You know, so so um, I'm excited. Yeah, you've you've
2: got to. Other people have uh, noted importantly as well. You know, you've got to worry about the the local, you know, uh, turtles. Uh, local environments and stuff, but you have to balance that against the fact that if we keep burning oil, then the entire planet is getting destroyed, and so balancing local um, sort of use versus international uh, reductions in CO2 is very important. I think I'm going to buy some stock in Windex.
1: They're going to need a lot of Windex over there. A lot of Windex. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: To clean the mirrors. Exactly.
1: Very sharp, Tom. You're good.
0: Thanks. Yeah.
1: So, is a
2: fully renewable future possible? This is actually from be. PRI. Well, and yeah. um, this was reported by uh, PRI on Science Friday, which is another great podcast, or at least Love I to do Show. Great show. From. Great show. Mark Jacobson is a professor of civil and environmental engineering at Stanford. He's one of the authors of this report. And uh, they s- we sort of did this uh, theoretical report about can we get to um, a fully electric society? If we do that, um, fully
0: renewables,
2: Fully renewable, but also part one is fully electric Why would you want to go fully electric? Because of the efficiencies of electric motors And he goes through some of the the reasons that uh, that's important So if you go fully electric, first of all you save 13% of the energy um, That the is energy used in the mo- system In the whole system yeah. okay. 13% of all of the energy in the system right now is used to dig up oily and coaly things So if you stop doing that and doing renewable You save a whole bunch of energy by not having to Refine and get
1: oil and petrol and all this crap
0: But probably not the entire 13% Because there is some mining involved in lithium production as well
1: That's true, but I think volume per volume It's much, much less
0: Well, for sure, but it won't be If everything is running on electric batteries, right? We'll be mining a lot more lithium
2: The next thing you do is you save a whole bunch of electricity by Or energy by switching to EVs Because they're so much more efficient Here's a number An EV... Is about 80 to 86% efficient compared to gas
1: cars, which are only 17 to 20% efficient. In other words, the energy you put in then results in motion. The motion you get out of that energy is far less in an ice car,
0: also known as range. Well, it complicates matters.
2: So the point is that they believe in this article that they can get to a fully electric society by 2030, 100% by 2050, and you can do this with 100% renewables. And so uh, there is a lot of articles that say, yes, you can, no, you can't, yes, you can, no, you can't. But it seems to be that um, a lot of these uh, big-time smart academics are saying, yes, you can And a fully electric society will reduce the amount of total energy you need, which is good because total energy needs are actually going to go up because
1: there's going to be a lot more of us. And a lot more of us want to live in a first world convenient setting. And they talk about how uh, grid storage needs to increase as well as moving the energy around. So we need a lot more high powered transmission lines. And the problem is zoning. Zoning is one of the big deals. So any municipalities, states, counties, they need to work on allowing throughput of this energy if they want to get to a cleaner future. That is a big portion of the the need In this situation, he talks about induction stoves and appliances that use heat pumps, which eliminates, number one, the need for petroleum. So, in other words, natural gas for your stove. Pumping all that natural gas through a city like Los Angeles, not only do you burn any natural gas, but you release a ton of it through leaky pipes. We've talked about that in the past. And he also talks about uh, in an overall electrically based society, you could cut your energy usage in half.
0: Overall energy usage. Yeah. So we're talking about by percentages. So if you have, even if you have 25% more people, your overall energy use is going to be less than currently.
1: And then he throws in this one zinger at the end which just almost slipped by me. He said, you know, like basically four to seven million people in the United States die a year from the particulate matter in mm-hmm. the air and the effects of exhaust. Yeah, and this yeah, is, I don't
0: know about that number, honestly. That seems...
1: Well, this is like the Heart and Lung Institute comes out with studies. They compare people who live near highways versus people who don't, and they measure what's in the air. And it's pretty nasty. I remember when I first started in emergency medicine, and I walked into a resuscitation bay where a 10-year-old had died. And they had opened their chest, right, to do cardiac massage. And I looked at the lungs of a 10-year-old. They were studded with black, like the... Cadaver that I worked on as a medical Student of a smoker who Died in their 70s It's, uh, it's crazy Stuart Swadron who's a friend of mine is a professor showed me The
2: lungs of a um, Middle-aged gentleman same thing Non-smoker and it looked like The pictures I saw in medical school from smokers This person had lived in LA their whole life So this particular matter thing In big cities is a big deal, and you can put some number of deaths on it. So that's another reason to move to uh, electrification. You get rid of a lot of it, but there's also a lot that's just in tires, so you want to have less cars as well. Just moving to electric cars is okay, but we need more mass transport and less cars out there. Yeah. So let's talk about superchargers because it's funny— as I'm looking at my email because I've got ADD, mm-hmm. I just got an email in my inbox that says new superchargers have opened. Mel, we're excited to tell you that Monterey, California, and State Line, Nevada, have new superchargers. But there are yeah. many more than that. Please oh, go.
1: Boy, am I excited! And so, superchargers this week we have ten newly opened superchargers. Eight of them are in the United States, Mel. What do you say to that?
2: That's great. I want 800,000
1: more. Oh, it's like never enough. And so one more in Spain, one more in the United Kingdom. So that's 68 charging stalls in the United States. And, you know, I know Model 3 is coming and those are great. We do need more, but there is still more coming. Eight Superchargers have entered construction, six more in the United States and two in Norway. Supercharger team, I can only imagine how busy they are. It's in another good week for superchargers because there is yet more. I got a tweet that alerted me that Tesla has revised its supercharger map. So you know on the Tesla website, yes, They have a map of the world that shows all the superchargers, the stores, the service centers, the destination chargers. You can just zero in on superchargers, and they have now updated that map. So a few superchargers have disappeared. What I know. There was going to be two in Oxnard. Yes. It's gone. Now (sighs) it's not two in Oxnard. They've added one in Ventura. But let me just use Los Angeles County as the defined region, right? So I went through, and I counted... 26 new superchargers coming to los angeles county 26 not supercharger stalls supercharger stations oh that makes i have no idea how big these stations are but we've talked that there are very few supercharger stations they're installing with less than eight they're typically going from 12 to 20 stalls but i've got 26 in la county alone now, L.A. County is a big area. I didn't look for the Bay Area because I'm L.A. County kind of focused. But this is pretty impressive. You can look at the names. I wrote them all down, and the map is is looking kind of kind of big, beefy, bundt cakey in, if you would
2: large and chocolatey in
0: nature. I'm so excited about that. How are they going to pay for all this, Tom? I, I don't understand. How they're going to pay for all of it, but I know they're going to. I think it has something to do with Model 3s, but I wanted to give everybody an update. I said to myself last night as I Self. was going through this, how many Teslas are being sold right now that don't have free unlimited supercharging? God. All of them right now, unless you get a referral code. And I wonder... Lady... M- Laney 9300. L-A-I-N-I <laughs> yeah, 9300 Robert. is Robert. probably what you want to use more so than whatever <laughs> Robert's about to say.
1: Robert 3177. <laughs> we do want to go to the super uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. truck
0: reveal event, don't we? So it turns out that Tesla charges different amounts in different states. So all of the states yes. have a different amount. They also charge a different amount in some states Based on how fast you charge, do you gentlemen yes. know what the most expensive pay-per-use supercharging is in the United States? What state it's available in?
2: It's going to be Hawaii because they have yes. very expensive
0: electricity, and it's going to be $0.40 cents per kilowatt hour. Tom is shaking his head. Uh, the one that I found that was the most expensive was in Connecticut.
1: Connecticut?
0: Connecticut, and they charge .26 per minute.
1: What? Twenty six cents a minute? Correct. Why do they do it per minute and not how much energy is? Because you're getting? in some states, Tesla is not allowed to sell electricity because they are not a utility. So in some states, because of the local laws, the utilities, whomever, Tesla cannot sell electricity. They can only sell time in their charging spots. Mm-hmm. Right. So
0: if you're in Connecticut and you have And in a lot of states they're charging, they've put the cutoff at 60 kilowatts of speed. So over 60 kilowatts is tier two, under 60 kilowatts is tier one. In California, it's all one tier and it's all 20 cents per kilowatt. So in California, you'd pay about $18 to charge your 90 kilowatt hour battery which works out to be about 300 miles, or the equivalent of about $45 in range. If you're talking about $3 a gallon at 20 miles per gallon, if your car gets about 20 miles per gallon and you pay about $3, the equivalent amount of range would be about $45. So, uh, you know, pretty good amount less. But if you're in Connecticut, that same charging, if it takes you 90 miles of range an hour, you could be paying for three hours. Of charge time at 26 cents a minute Now I thought Tesla said That they're basically going to make this work Yes it's going to be
2: regional And it's going to depend on lots of things But basically you'll be able to It'll be about half price Half the cost of driving the same distance As you would in a gas car That was my understanding
0: We'll have to follow up with that Again it depends on the speed of those chargers
1: Yeah they want to make it so that It's tenable for everybody No matter where you are But there is again There are legislation, there are laws, there are things that Tesla's going to have to work through. And I think their legislative team has got a lot on the plate, but that's part of it, part of what they're looking for.
2: I do like the idea that uh, this will generate some cash so that they can build and build and keep building this infrastructure. They're going to need a lot of money for that. So charging us less than for gas would be good, uh, but some amount so that they can build these out. And hopefully these will be the really fast, fast charger with, with solar panels. Talk to us about Germany and their commitment to fully electric mobility please somebody in germany
1: they are going to build the largest charging station it is tesla? it is
0: actually robert's last show <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> is this a
2: tesla car i can't do german i can Nuh. do scottish Oh, you've done charming. Uh, oh, was it
1: Tom?
0: Uh, the, the no, German. I guess it
1: was Tom. It's in his genes.
0: Interestingly enough, to go back to what I was saying about Hawaii, because Hawaii is not on the list of the drop-down oh. menu in the supercharger. So Hawaii actually may be the most expensive, but it is not on the list. And you can see, if you live in the States, what they're going to charge in your state.
1: They even so. have it international as well. I think you can look up in Australia, because Australia, you have – I won't say it. Don't say it. They, it's not good. They take a lot of money from you. Hey, so tell so us in about Germany, this German thing. In Germany, they just announced, and this was from Kurt Helen, uh, who's uh, following me on Twitter, alerted me to this. Along the Autobahn, on the A8, I guess that's like the I-5, this is in Bavaria, Schwabia. Do they have good apple uh, crusty things with ice cream in Bavaria? I bet they do. Thank you. This is like a uh, six-lane, what do they call it? Autobahn. The Autobahn. So along there, they're expecting a lot of electric cars to come through. So they're planning this charging station. They can handle 4,000 cars a day. They're planning 144 charging plugs. They call them columns. And uh, they're expecting 24. Now you got to pronounce this one with me. What is this called? A specific type of charger. It's called a... It's called the und Freitendutnaten. Exactly. It's a, a super fast 350 kilowatt what? charging station. Of course, no cars can current. Well, I guess maybe one Porsche can charge uh, at two, 350 kilowatts. Just I, the one. I haven't seen it yet. So is this all different types of chargers? Uh, it's not Tesla chargers. This is just
2: fast charging. It's of, the Minky.
1: It's the Minky. Charger, that's the German or the the European standard, like RJ 1772 So here's an
0: example. If they're saying they can get 4,000 cars through there per day at 144 yes. pillars, it's about 28 cars a day per pillar. So that's less than an hour per charge yes. per car. Well, they don't have as far to drive
1: in, in Europe as we do in
0: the United States. For sure. But if you're still trying to fully... Again, it, I'm just... Talking purely about numbers of cars So you're saying instead of
1: 144 thing, pillars They need 300 pillars No,
0: I mean, that that could be the right amount Because you could double that If each car only needed a half an hour It just depends, again, on the charge rate What cars are going through How much range they'd need There's a lot of factors Can you
2: imagine if every store was full Charging at full speed You'd have to have a small nuclear reactor next door
1: To be able to pump that electricity a lot of batteries <laughs> Or a lot of batteries and a lot of solar. And you could put those batteries underground where it's cool to keep those batteries from overheating. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff that's coming along. And it's all being pushed uh, thanks to Tesla's success. And I have to shout out thank you to Google Translate because this was a completely German newspaper with no opportunity to translate to English. But Google Translate helped me out.
0: Do you think we would be seeing the amount of acceleration around the world, if not for Tesla's
1: success? I do not believe we would see the acceleration.
0: And do you think it is purely the pre-success of the Model 3 that's really the big driver? Or do you think the S in general, the X, the popularity of those two vehicles was enough? It's very, very interesting to me. I think
2: it's all of those things, but it was the pre-order thing that really pushed this. When When Tesla got 400,000 pre-orders for a car that didn't even exist, that's when I think If I was a manufacturer, if I was GM, I'd be like,
0: okay, now I get it, this is huge That's super interesting, right? So if you think about 400,000 vehicles, that's a massive amount of pre-orders, but we just talked about GM alone, in China alone, 2.3 million cars in a year, so the numbers, while big, are not... Big three, big four, international BMW, Mercedes big.
2: Yeah, but it's that's just sort of the tip of the iceberg. Nobody else in history has had pre-orders for a car where you put $1,000 down and it doesn't even exist. Yeah. 400000 So if that's the tip of the iceberg, the iceberg is, as we've talked about here, they can sell millions and millions and millions of these cars. Yeah. Millions. Let's talk about SpaceX, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Cause SpaceX squeaked out another launch ahead of Hurricane Irma. So uh, I watched this. It was pretty cool. Another launchy launch. Up he goes, he goes. Comes downy down. Lands perfect, perfect. Oh, oh, bueno. So good. So boring. And
0: I love the Florida launches because they're just beautiful. The big clouds. Clouds? The the ship goes up through a giant cloud and then stage one. Yeah, because they don't show what's on stage two of this one, secret plane, secret, super yeah. secret, secret plane. Oh,
1: there's pictures of
0: it. All yeah, over no, the place. it is. It's like a little tiny space shuttle. Is yeah. what it looks like. It's really cute. And so they they send this thing up, and then the the rocket ship, the stage one, comes back down. And and Tesla is really smart, and they show this beautiful wide shot of the landing area with this massive cumulus beautiful cloud, and you see the rocket stage one kind of coming down, little puffs of of engine uh, fire coming down, slowing it down, and it disappears in the cloud, and then it reappears in the bottom 100 or 200 feet below the ground, oh. and it just lands, and it's <sighs> (sighs) So much CGI going on to make that happen. Just oh my goodness! (laughs) So much CGI. No, Mel, it's real. It's actually happening.
2: It's supposed to get boring. It still isn't boring to me. Every time I see them, like this is the future that I thought would occur when I was a kid, and it's happening now. It's wonderful. Rockets coming back at landing. It's so cool. And what were they putting up there? Do we know?
0: Yeah. So there's this space plane, and the last time it was up, it was up for two years. And in this article from the Daily Beast, there was a quote. That says Presumably doing something
2: Oh That was it It was
0: a plane A spy plane Presumably doing something Which is hilarious Spy planes gonna
2: spy That's just what they do
1: Spy (laughs)
0: planes gonna spy What what But it can spy Anywhere in the globe It just it's in orbit, yeah. It's it looks like a mini space around. shuttle yeah. with these
1: big Bombardier doors,
0: and the photos of these three guys in these big suits. Yeah, but there's a... nobody in it. No, it's unmanned because it's so been there why... for two years. I well, was conf- do you Understand I that part? Of I it?
2: did, but I was confused. Why do they have spacesuit men next to this thing? Because they're not getting in it.
0: Well, because it's been exposed to radiation for a couple um... of years. Like when it lands, it's been in space. Who knows what, what uh, con- alien creatures vector. have like sucked onto <laughs> it and are right. you know? Uh, Don't what you watch they? movies? where all kinds of things are just like doo, doo, doo. oh there's Dude. something flying around let's go hang out on it I wonder if <laughs> I goes back to earth
1: Up there in low Earth orbit there's sort of like this international I don't know if I would call it competition but it's like mm-hmm. you know if I was a country and I didn't like you your country would I maneuver one of my little satellites towards your space plane and but my guess would is we do to each other Since
0: it's a plane it's probably controllable
1: a little more Like Not.
0: there's no, no air to
1: control it there's with. no air. It, the, the plane wings are absolutely useless unless you they land it. They must be
0: able to maneuver it and move it into oh, different sure. orbits.
1: Yeah, with like gas, nitrogen rockets. Right, uh, that's what I'm saying. It's like
0: they can move it thrusters. around, up and down, left.
1: Somebody's got to yeah. be doing that, right? Yeah, but they probably, but lasers? Lasers? You know, they use this thing, I think, to test some of the Star Wars mm-hmm. uh, armaments that were dreamt up uh, back in the Reagan era, because this is like the fifth or sixth time this Vehicle or one of its ilk Have gone up into space They've been using this for a long time Are they using it to look at ilk? (laughs) (laughs) It's called the
0: X-37B It's It's the newest And most advanced re-entry Spacecraft that performs Risk reduction, experimentation And concept of operations Development for reusable Space
1: vehicle technologies What I thought was the most Important Element of this entire story. Mm-hmm. You notice the name X 37B. Mm-hmm. You know what B stands for? Boy. Boeing. Bitching? And, and Boeing <laughs> is now aligned with Lockheed and they are United Launch Alliance. Tesla, uh, not SpaceX SpaceX's doing? number one competitor mm-hmm. in supplying the space station and serving the military. Mm-hmm. And here we have SpaceX ripping. A contract to fly a Boeing vehicle into mm-hmm. space when Boeing itself could have flown this into space for four times as much money.
2: Exactly. Irony, isn't it ironic?
1: Hey, speaking of SpaceX, are they worth anything? Oh my god! A they just bucks got here and there. yeah. I picked this up from Bloomberg. Elon is now worth two twenty one point three billion dollars why because uh somebody revalued spacex and it is now worth twice what it was worth before. yeah he
0: made he got some new funding yeah the new cashola and that every time you do that it's a a new valuation they have to put on it because i give you one billion dollars that's what percentage that's what the company's
1: worth
0: yeah so So spacex itself is
1: valued at now 21 billion dollars is that what i'm reading that's correct oh the last time it was valued it was at 12 billion that was in 2015 and part of this might be because the SpaceX manifest manifest is another name for the list of stuff we're going to Sh- send into space. Schedule. Yeah, schedule. The a shed- a schedule is-, is ginormous. You can see it on their website and there's also the Reddit page which we follow regularly for the SpaceX schedule. And again they're they're able to launch things at
0: 25% of what ULA can do so People are, are,
1: are. hey, could you put my satellite up, please? And they can turn it around much more quickly. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for Into when... the landing. Right. Landing and reuse. They have to repair and replace stuff on the rockets, but they don't have to build a whole new rocket. And they have a rocket that's space-worthy already. So it's proven itself. Maybe they just need to change the oil, clean the windows, and, uh, you know, polish the legs a there, little bit. There,
0: I don't believe there's any windows on the rocket, but... Whatever. So the next couple of launches, barring any issues with the Kennedy Space Center post-IRMA, Tesla's scheduled to launch on October 2nd. Another Falcon 9 with the Echo Star satellite upon it. Yes. And then locally to us, ladies and gentlemen in this room. Yes. And I don't know which one of you are which. Yes. October 4th from Vandenberg, another... 10 of the beautiful Iridium Array shall mm-hmm. be going up.
2: October 4th. Just checking the schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's well, October 4th? It's a Wednesday.
0: Oct mm-hmm. 4.
2: Uh, boy, I think I might be able to do that one. Anybody want to get Sweet. stuck at the supercharger uh, with lots can we of just, other tests? Can we
0: just watch it from your roof? Uh, we could, actually. And then not worry about it? Is that in, in the, the Nard? The,
2: in, in the Nard. The, in but the it's, Nard. It, I want to see it, I yeah, no, it feels You can't get so close to good.
1: that close to Van. And yeah, you go yeah, to, can go to the Lompoc Airport.
2: Yeah, I went up there okay. and it was just foggy and I couldn't see it, but I felt like it was next to me. It was frighteningly probably powerful.
0: Probably pretty good this time, I yeah. guess, as the weather is a October's little more favorable. A good month. Yeah. Good
1: month for uh, the marine layer not being interfering. I'll go check it out if I can.
2: Hey, uh, Elon has also sent us another picture of his uh, SpaceX suit. And a couple of weeks ago, we showed you sort of a. A belly button up view of the the SpaceX suit. Now there's a rendering of uh, SpaceX in his suit spacesuit <laughs> next to the
0: rocket, and it's a cool looking spacesuit. It looks like almost maybe one of those selfies. You think it's Elon in the suit because you can't see. It's a little foggy. The visor has a little bit of a darkness shading sunglasses to it. Maybe it's Elon in there, just like. I think that is
1: Elon in that. Picture of him sitting on a, you know, strapped in, but the picture in the Fortune article mm. shows this guy standing there. It's actually, it's a very slick, very, very nice sl- looking suit. It reminds me of what, you know, an Italian spacesuit might look yeah, like. it's very well manicured. But it doesn't have like the knobs and the pipes <laughs> and all of the zippers and stuff like I always thought of when I think of spacesuits. So I look at this and I think, what? What is that? That's not a spacesuit.
0: It's a don't-get-out-of-the-cargo-area space suit is what it
1: is. <laughs> no, I think this is fully, like, a pressurizable It's type. a pressurizable suit, but yeah. uh, he was saying, like,
0: form and
2: function they were trying to get right. and uh, Look, it's just cool. That's all I'm saying. And it's a $20 billion company,
1: so who's going to argue with them? And that's a big Dragon uh, 2 capsule, so that's the crew capsule, which they're going to be planning a trip up in February. Not manned. Sans crew, as yeah. it were. Yeah, they're probably going to pack it full of ice cream again.
0: And uh, <laughs>
1: it's going to go boomy boom is, uh, Are we still hey, on track what? for no, a November
2: it's going to go boomy boom Dragon no. heavy, is November dragon heavy still on? Yeah Boomy boom Falcon heavy Falcon heavy, sorry yeah, Falcon okay. heavy
0: It just depends on what happened uh, If How Kennedy, did Kennedy Will Kennedy survive this hurricane season? Right.
2: It's yeah. going to be a big season Hey ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls There's this thing called Hyperloop what? Got an article here from Teslarati We love those guys And at first I was excited because it said that uh, China Aerospace is developing a Hyperloop that will go at 2,300 miles per hour. I'm developing
0: one that will go at 4,900 miles an hour. And that's exactly
2: right, Tom, because it (laughs) turns out I'm like, they can do that? And it's like, no, we plan in the future sometime 2,300-mile-an-hour hyperloop. The idea, it's going to be called the T-Flight or the Flying Train, Maglev. You'll have 16 people in each capsule. It'll go through a tunnel that's 7 by 7 feet. It's going to launch every 3 to 5 minutes, and it's going to move 8 million people a year. It's going to be great, and it's going to be coming when?
1: 2020. 2020. <laughs> So it's all kind of interesting, except it doesn't exist yet. Well, after watching Steve Bannon last night on 60 Minutes and have him railing about Chinese, you know, taking our technology and stealing our ideas, this thing looks an awful lot like regular old Hyperloop. Yep.
2: And I've got no problem with the Chinese stealing our ideas. If they can do 2300 miles an hour underground and it's safe, steal away.
1: Yeah, and but it's power, <laughs> it, power it with solar panels. I was watching the video a couple of times, and they show all these tube structures with solar panels covering them. So, you know, they, they are the source of solar panels. So it makes good sense that they could solar power this system.
2: Uh, should we do letters? Oh, before we do letters, I want to go back and I want to tell you about a media pic, because we stopped doing media pics, and it's a shame, even though Tom's very happy about it. Somebody told me to watch Cow Apocalypse. Abunga? Cow apocalypse. Can't remember the name of it now. It's a, oh, it is a, the
1: documentary about it, vegetarianism.
2: Yeah, it's a documentary about where all this energy usage goes, and and electrifying transport is great, and it's going to reduce global emissions by twenty five percent. But it is farming of animals that is actually the single biggest um, producer of co2 and uh, methane and it was sort of a reminder again we've talked about it on the show i don't think it's as big a mystery as it used to be This was a sort of a revelation to many of us a few years ago oh my gosh the growing of beef and stuff is really where so much co2 goes so just a reminder again uh the weekday vegetarianism and other stuff is a good idea eat a lot less beef is a big deal each hamburger Uses 670 gallons of water as an example of how much That's energy use. And
0: imagine the fuel and the transportation. And the reason it uses so much water is because it takes X amount of pounds per of grain to to make X amount of a lot less pounds of beef. And imagine what it takes to get a single hamburger to market. Is amazing if you think about all of the fuel costs, the chemicals, the agricultural, the refrigeration, the transportation, the farm. It's it's really staggering, which is why I don't like to waste food. Which is why I'm
1: nine hundred pounds overweight <laughs> potentially. Uh, so Tom, you're not nine hundred, not not <laughs> maybe. Which is um, another point. You know, we waste. Something like 45% of all the food produced in the States. Yeah, it's 40%. States. Yeah, it's terrible. So, this
2: uh, reminder things like weekday vegetarianism is good, eat less beef is good. The one thing that this documentary was, uh, it was sort of like, oh, here's the big revelation. It's actually food that's the problem. But then I thought, you know, there's also another problem that nobody wants to talk about, and
0: that is the fact that there are just too many people. There and are.
2: How are we going to deal with 10 billion people? There the definitely
0: planet? are a lot of people. But again, even small, small incremental changes can make a deal. Like last night, it's a, it was Sunday, Beautiful. so we had a steak for dinner last night. What? And I know we're having this conversation about not oh, eating red meat, gosh. but there were five of us, myself, my wife, my daughter, my son, and one of my daughter's friends was over... At the time, we bought one steak. Yes. it was just a little bit over a pound. yes, we cooked it, we sliced it thin, we each had like four or five slices, yes. some vegetables, some corn, some carrots, some potatoes oh, Sounds lovely. and Hungry. it was and, and it was more than enough. You don't need to eat 18 ounces of steak when you have steak to be satisfied to, to satisfy that 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 beef craving. you know uh, as
2: a young boy growing up in Australia.
0: I used to eat a steak, a giant steak, every
2: single night.
0: And how did that make you feel? Not
2: good. <laughs> every day. Let With like do a course big course. baked
0: potato and...
2: Every day we ate steak. Yeah, every day. It's weird. Okay, let's do some letters. Mm-hmm.
0: Alan Honeyman. Nice last name, by the way, Honeyman.
2: He says, uh, everybody's hating on these aero wheels, but uh, he's not so uh, sure that they're bad. And he talks about <laughs> these chrome moon wheels from the 50s, which are coming back. They're yeah, all but the those were
0: cool. Moon wheels are cool. Aero wheels, uh, they're not cool.
2: Okay, whatever. Jess Delahite is sending us a
0: very, very... I'm scrolling through. it. Look at the size of this thing. Most so importantly, Jess, let us know he's a male.
2: Jess is... A male. Jess uh, says, look, I'm a biker with an EV. And there's no great solution on your Model S for a bike rack. You can get these aftermarket things, but mm-hmm. uh, this is a problem. So one of the things that he saw out in the world is this thing called the
0: Sea Sucker. And I believe Robert spoke about this and really highly recommended it. In and January. I hopefully Jess didn't go out and do this because of your recommendation. Cause well, it it." Cost him a a piece of glass I gave this
1: a lot of thought, so continue Let me tell you the story very
2: quickly So he gets this seasucker thing, which as I understand it is Big suction cups, you can pop it on the glass of the Tesla And you hook your bike on there and you can take it off really easily So he was like a little bit concerned about it Hadn't had one before, so he drove it very slowly initially And then he got on the freeway and he drove slowly And it all was looking good And then when he got off the freeway and he was going over some railroad tracks And turning And turning There was a little bump, bump, turn, and this horrible sound. He's like, what the hell is that? The bike must have fallen out. He goes outside. The bike's still on the roof. And then his wife screams, OMG, the glass roof of the Tesla has exploded. Now, it's not really exploded, but it's turned into Medusa and cracked all through it. So,
1: Robert, what's the deal? He doesn't have the all-glass roof. He has the sunroof. So he had two separate pieces of glass, the glass of the actual sunroof and the glass that is above the rear passenger seats. Uh, I'm not sure exactly the situation, but what I did note was that he was using a electric-powered bike or a bike that has electric support. So it was a pretty heavy bike, 55 pounds. But he
0: took the battery yes. and the back wheel off and made it 45 pounds, which is what the the rack the says C it will sucker. hold. The Seasucker rack
1: will hold. And so the Seasucker rack is basically uh, a suction cup. It's a very intense suction a cup. A group of suction cups, I would assume. Yeah. So you have three different mounts that you can put front wheel forks attaching to the car. He might have had the Talon version, which is only three narrowly spaced suckers versus the two or three bike system. I think it's two or three or is it three or four? three or four bike mount, which stretches the suckers across the width of the roof and uses between four and five suckers. I have a feeling he might have had the narrow one. He had this heavy bike on. There was um, speed. There was turning, which causes the bike to kind of like tilt and a bump. And yes, it did cause the glass to break. This I found very disturbing. Uh, It might it, it, it's a big problem, no doubt. This is the second piece right, of be- glass
0: he's broken. Because and- you want to be able to, A, put a bike on your car, yes. and B, be able to turn the car with a bike on the roof, so that doesn't seem like a bridge
1: too far. You keep saying that, like, he turned, he turned. Well, I'm just trying to describe the yeah. physics of what might have causes A narrow mount putting a lot of stress on one area of the glass with a heavy bike, that might have been what tipped the scale. But all the people that I know who are using the sucker, who are having great experience, are using it for like, you know, 15, 20-pound road bikes. So they're not putting a heavy bike on the rack. So I actually reached out to Gordon at Tesla. Gordon is the one who got one of the Seasucker racks, brought it over to the Santa Monica store. He and I mounted it. We put a bike on there, you know, looked at it all over the place. I thought it was great. He's used it. He knows people have used it. I know plenty of people who've used it. So I reached out to him and I actually sent uh Jess your email to Gordon and uh and I also sent out a note to SeaSucker. I know you're probably in touch with them to see, you know, what, what can become of this because I think this is an important issue. A lot of people ride bikes. I want to support them. They shouldn't be worried about using their Teslas. Right,
0: and I would hope that either Tesla or Seasucker would recognize this as a problem and take care of this well, well, Seasucker suckers in the him. path
1: of Irma right now So they're a little bit down for the moment So this is a one-off So uh,
2: I guess it's just a public service announcement um, This could have been a problem with the Tesla Glass It could have been a problem with the Seasucker itself It could have been a combination of the two The
0: weight of the bike the potentially weight of the, And
2: remember that the, this sort of the weight of the bike goes up exponentially And it's the same in humans So if you double the weight of that Bike and you go over a bump, then the amount of force goes up sort of exponentially. Yeah. So uh, it might be that this is quite safe at 20 pounds, but not safe at all at 40
0: or 50 pounds. Right, but if you had the Seasucker that took three road bikes, that's going to put you over the 45 miles. Yeah, but I don't think it
1: stretches the stress over a much wider area. In other words, we're talking about 10 inches versus, like, 26 inches. This
2: comes up a lot, and uh, we hope that in the future Tesla will have a better bike mounting system because it seems that every week we get somebody saying... I really want to put some sort of rack mounting on my uh, Tesla, and it's no, it's, there's no sort of out-of-the-box without modifying its solution right now. That's
1: a, that is certainly a Model S downfall. The X has a uh, trailer hitch on the back that you can put on or get, and same thing for the Model 3, but the S never has. You have to have somebody actually bolt one to your frame. Yeah, People are worried. I mean, Jess was worried about voiding his warranty. I've never heard any problems with that. I would go for it. I even thought of putting it on my car to put, like, a two-way on the back.
0: But Tesla won't install this, right? No, they will not the, install It's, it's a, not a, a big hedge. deal.
1: It's not a big deal. I've talked to the installers. In fact, back when we were at uh, uh, the Tesla conference, that what three years ago, yeah. two, three years ago? Mm-hmm. I talked to those guys ad nauseum because I was ready to do it. It was expensive, though, like $1,500. Yeah. But That's probably the way to go. I know in Europe, we've had uh, listeners from Europe talk all about how it is, like, so common to stick, you know, some sort of a rack on the back of your car for extra um, storage when you're going on trips.
0: I have this rack that goes on the back of the Lexus that is completely adjustable, and you can— I, my guess is that it would fit on the back of the S, and it has—you You would rest the bottom things on the bumper and the other two on the back glass. I'll send a picture of it's it. It's like a bicycle? I'll, I'll try to mount it to my wife's car, yeah. and I'll, I'll send a picture of it. Yeah, it's for a bicycle. It'll yeah. hold three or—it'll hold— I think mine holds three bikes, yeah. but it might just be two and I think
1: what happened for him is he used one of those and when he uh inadvertently opened the back yeah. hatch, it, it somehow cracked the glass of the back hatch.
0: Oh yeah, I could see that as a being problematic as well. Um
1: I've got a nice rack too. <laughs> So I noticed okay. yesterday wow. That's funny. I was at a supercharger Maybe it was two days ago And Tesloop Loop is now installing These big boxes at the back of the X for Test cargo. Loop is now yeah installing these Like permanently They're putting the license plate on it mm-hmm. It's wired with lights To carry cargo for their long distance And there were so many Test Loops yeah. At the Culver City supercharger I was impressed Well, they've really taken off Joel Sepp, who is, as we worked out
2: from last week Two feet uh, tall and no. quite chubby <laughs> Uh, and,
0: and still uh, 18 months and old still 18 months old <laughs> We learned
2: this all last week You'll have to go back and listen to the show uh, Reminds us that um, when these uh, storms come through And you're on a fossil fuel based uh, system You can have some very bad spillage And so there was some very bad spillage Post hurricane Yeah there's
0: 41 Superfund sites In and How? around the Houston area Were I and think were 18 of them have been affected And we're talking about all kinds of things We actually don't know what the long-term ramifications of this are. We don't know where some of these things could have ended up, right? When you and you, when water encroaches into a Superfund site and yes. then moves around a neighborhood, yeah. we don't know where it's going to leave it. It could literally be a giant amount of toxic whatever that just lands in someone's backyard yeah. on their vegetable garden that once the water goes away, you have no idea where this stuff goes. I think we really, really, really need to... To make a super effort to start fixing these Superfund sites Getting rid of this stuff in places like this Florida has a whole lot of them as well Luckily, almost none of the Superfund sites are towards the front of Florida But there are a bunch around the Tampa area Mm -hmm. So if Tampa had been directly nailed We could be seeing the same situation in Florida But a lot of them, and in Texas, around Houston A lot of people use well water So who knows, that water... Picks up a whole bunch of chemicals, dumps them down in your well. You have no idea. They're exactly. going to have to test all of those
1: wells. It's for craziness. The seepage. That's why I was saying. You know, all those Superfund sites could now essentially be one
0: or six. Yeah, Houston could be a Superfund site.
1: Yeah, it just it really tore at my heartstrings when I saw all of these pictures of heroic. Americans and and first responders you know like walking elder you know like basically putting elderly people in kayaks and these rafts and walking them to safety over standing water and I'm thinking these These heroic people, I just feel like crying, thinking about what are they walking through?
0: Right. Remember all the first responders? It is September 11th. The first responders that responded to that, they went into those buildings and and they had all kinds of exposure to all kinds of things. Why do we continue to do this to the people who rescue and save us? Politics and money.
2: Follow the money. You know uh, what they call a uh, solar spill?
1: Sunshine. Sunrise.
2: Yeah, a sunny day. So many reasons to get us off this stuff. Hey, regarding battery range, Mark Bayer says, uh, just as an aside, I've I've been driving around for two years, I believe in a Model S. He's done over 60,000 kilometres, which is 37,000 miles, And he charges to 90% every day, and he has found approximately zero degradation in his battery. We keep hearing these stories. Battery degradation uh, has been really good. In Teslas. In Teslas. Adam McDonald uh, wants to get a Model 3, but he lives in a cold place and was wondering how much heating that car is going to use in terms of battery range. I don't know the exact numbers, but you bring up a good point about the
1: best way to do this. Yeah, so I learned the best way to heat your bottom is to heat your seats. And so when I've spent, I've spent a number of winters in cold area, you know, a week or two at a time. And sure, cranking up the heat in your car, blowing hot air all around on your cold windows and on your cold interior, just to keep your your head and neck happy, mm-hmm. is not a very good use of energy. No. Tesla recommends using your heat warmers, mm-hmm. uh, seat warmers. Mm-hmm. And if you get the the cold-weather package, which I don't know if that's going to be available and how it's going to look on the Model 3, uh, they include, like, heating the steering wheel, the side-view mirrors, yeah. the windshield wipers, and all the seats in the car. So much heating. Well, it's actually a lot less than just... yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, mm, so much efficient heating. Toyota... Yes.
0: In the RAV4 EV, they totally solved this. The heater did not work. You could leave it on for hours (laughs) driving around. It was probably sucking all kinds of battery out, but they literally blew no hot air out of the vent, so that was pretty cool.
1: Interesting. Or you could wear like a down jacket.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could wear a down jacket or. Like in the days when I drove a
1: convertible MGB. At
0: least Tesla, the heater actually worked. It It works works
1: quite well. My right, uh, fourth, and fifth toes were warm in the MGB, but that was about it. Lana
2: Archer and Zeb Halleck, I think both note that there has been a closure of uh, the Warsaw, North Carolina supercharger. Apparently, wherever this was stationed, the um, people didn't like it. The hotel's like, stop. The Tesla owners coming here because they come and use the Tesla supercharger and do poos and wheeze and don't buy enough stuff. Yeah.
1: There was some kind of a spat where the hotel was being mean to the Tesla people, and Tesla does not want that. So they're working on a rapid deployment of a supercharger there. Tesla
2: said that they want uh, their owners to have a good experience, and apparently this was not a good experience. Michael can you Can you at least try once? Mikhail Obczoswitzki. Obuchowski? Thank you. <laughs> uh, he said, "Mel, I did a back of the uh, back of the uh, toilet papers." Um, so no, he math. said,
1: "Back of the envelope," but you know this guy must be working <laughs> on one of these seventy-five inch long envelopes. Yeah, it's a very big back of the, big envelope. <laughs>
2: he was trying to work out for me how much energy these big ocean liners with all of this crap that's coming across the seas is. We talked about it a few weeks ago, and uh, he said that uh, it looks like they need about a hundred megawatts. Of energy. Is this at
0: any one time?
2: This is what this I is didn't at, understand. This is at any about one this. time. The amount of energy they're using at any one time is about 100 megawatts, which is what I read as well. And uh, so the battery requirement for that
0: is just. Ridiculous. It's monstrous. But this might be a perfect use of multiple rechargeable venues, right? So could this ship, instead of a big, massive, giant, multiple diesel engines, could it have its own hydrogen power plant where it's bringing in seawater and making its own hydrogen as it's going along? At least it would be... Cleaner in some ways, right?
2: He did uh, point out that if you cover the entire top of these ships with solar batteries, you don't get anywhere near enough. Just like cars. Right. So it's the same uh, kind of issue. So good idea, but no, you need, and as other people have pointed out, for these gigantic ships, if you don't want to have gigantic amounts of diesel burning right now, you need something like a nuclear reactor like they do have on
0: US uh, ships. Yeah, but I wonder how much power it takes to go from point A to point B, like the biggest Chinese port to the port of Long Beach at 100 megawatt hours at a time. It must be ginormous because we even spoke about potentially charging a few of the cargo containers right having those be giant batteries let's say a mm-hmm. hundred of them and they're charged before every ship leaves port yeah, just like the and bottom layer just, right and they just go back and forth how many like what's the actual <laughs> energy uses for a trans ocean travel of one of these More ships math i would to, love come, to know because, that
1: uh, I'm working on it. Plus, you have wave action that the ship has to go through. Right. And there are ways to make energy from waves, right? Normally, the waves actually slow the ship down. They may push the ship at times, but how Mm -hmm. much energy could be made from an alternative method like wind? I think actually there was a story that we had on last week's show notes that didn't make it into the show. Because we cut it. And it was because there was a Japanese company that is creating these solar sails. Mm-hmm. They put like 17 solar sails on the top of a medium-sized container ship. And those solar sails are covered in solar panels. Yes, yeah, so Because otherwise they they, wouldn't
0: be solar sails. Well, they're they're capturing the solar
2: energy and they're actually capturing the wind. So they've had significant reductions in energy usage. We're going to have to sneak up on this one. There's more I want to talk about. I hope I put in the notes about uh, the use of hydrogen in this circumstance. But here's Doug Ingram, the uh, Tesla experience, and he just wanted to say that he had a great time. He went to Wyoming. He saw – The totality, Totality. he thought it was amazing. He met some nice people. He did it
0: at a supercharger, he was actually parked at a supercharger Supercharger. during totality. And And this was his sixth totality event. That's awesome. I gotta go see some of this.
2: John M. John Muir Akamai Kami, anyway, he's another one of those people who have noticed that on the Tesla, if you pull up like talking Tesla or a lot of other podcasts. For some reason, the software goes out and tries to find an image for that podcast. It never gets it right. It's not even close. But there is a pretty funny
1: picture that he shares That's with us about what we look
2: like. And it looks like Tom has become a Japanese guitarist. Why is that me?
1: Because it looks it says, like you. Tom is leaving. That's the title of the show. <laughs> it doesn't look anything like me. Look, it looks very good. Right.
2: Clinton Max says, in South Africa, you've oh, got to do more South Africa. Connection. South Africa? In South Africa, the, the Nissan Leaf is very expensive car. Very expensive. So I don't know how much the Model Three is going to cost. But I say to you, look, Elon is from South Africa. Surely he will give his people in South Africa a bit of a, a bit of a break on the very expensive cost of he, the EVs. He days. can't
0: because he builds them in U.S. dollars. It has to be what it is. I, I'm
2: sorry, but uh, he's got to help the the there in South Africa. I like to do the accent. I don't do it well,
1: but I do like to do it. It's not bad. You're pretty good. I, I learned one phrase from a, a South African friend. off, Every time I've said that, I've either gotten looks like these wide open, oh, my God, did he just say that? What did you just say? Yeah. Do you hang out with a lot of people speaking Afrikaans when you're saying this? I I had a buddy who I would go backpacking with all the time in a group, and he was South African. What does it mean? Uh, My understanding is that it's an insult. So if I said it to you, Mel, it would be, Mel, go poop in a cornfield. Okay. How's that an insult? Yeah, I've got no problem with it. I'm so maybe in South Africa. Maybe the cornfields aren't so nice. <laughs> All right, Stephen Peter says uh, dash cams.
2: He actually installs dash cams, so we might have a uh, you know conflict of interest here. But he said um, there's a lot of reasons to install dash cams for road rage, for crashes, but also just to capture scenery. And the problem is that they require a lot of storage space, and so he's not sure what sort of the storage is in a Model S or a Model 3 in terms of using the cameras for autonomy. Are they going to let you plug in into that USB port uh, somewhere to store all this information? So he still thinks, even if uh, Tesla opens up a little bit of their cameras and a little bit of storage for your dash cam, you probably, if you really want robust dash
0: cam, you're going to have to get a third-party solution. People are into the dash cam. I had no idea how interested people were. I went to my pool place over the pool last place? week, the pool. like To play uh, pool? To get pool chemicals, oh, have my water tested okay. and, and, and the such. For so the urine and, that you uh, and, put in there. And they sell <laughs> yeah. and, and a pool camera. And one guy was like, hey, can I use this as a dash cam? And the other dude that worked there was like, I use mine as a dash cam. Why? Pool cam? What? <laughs> no, dash cam. It's different. Dash pool pools, what, pools is, this, and cars is that for different. when you drive your car into the pool? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> no, I don't I don't understand it either. But apparently people
1: want dash cams. Yeah. I want a dash cam. I I know I've been you talking do. about it. So now I know, you're crazy. Thank you, Steven. You've convinced me I'm gonna jump off the hood. Oh no, maybe I'll jump off the dash and I will get the dash cam You're going to get a dash Sold. cam? You're going oh, to yeah. get the $1,600 Yeah, I, camera. I think I'm going to pop for the full Monty full experience. Because it, I'll also get him to put a radar detector on Which I've never used I tried using a radar detector once I just, I actually don't speed that much <laughs> I know Hilarious He accelerates think... <laughs> But he doesn't
0: speed <laughs> There's not that many highway patrol Between
2: here and Oxnard, buddy uh, Diego Cuevato who is a big friend of the show says uh, oh man when Mel said something about not knowing who Cummins was <laughs> I busted out laughing because he's stupid uh, maybe it's because I worked there for eight years fun side fact one of the most extreme duty circles of, for all engines I worked on are on Australian road trains mate uh, do you know what Australian road train is?
0: They're amazing. These it's are these, like triple truck, right?
2: It's like a semi-trailer that pulls like eight semi-trailer trucks things behind it. It doesn't and, pull eight. And they go really fast across the Nullarbor Plane, and they take all year to stop. The, wait, hold on. The what plane? Say Nullable. Nullarbor. Is that a thing? It's uh, this big plane that goes from uh, basically South Australia, mate,
0: uh-huh. all the way across
2: over to Perth. It's, and it's a big, long road. It's about 3,000 miles long.
0: It sounds like something on Endor.
2: Uh, Yeah, it is It's about Looks like Endor And he also says Tom, mate the smart air suspension option on the S was not 5K. It was about 2500 I
0: must have misspoke because I did write down on my notes that the smart air was $2,500.
2: So uh, maybe smart air is not going to be that expensive. And then he finally says, Robert, for but God's sake. dual drive
0: was 5K. That's what we said. Yeah, dual drive was 5K. Right. And it's okay. Smart air it's okay,
1: Tom. Doing a podcast is hard. It's no, I understand I'm hard.
0: Just, I'm just saying that I, I may have misspoke. But no. but if you talk about dual, which they said that was what I was really angry about was mm-hmm. the dual and the air suspension combined—that's another seventy-five hundred mm. for those two things, Diego.
2: Yes, Diego also says, Robert, for God's sake, can you edit and post that stupid video with all of the
1: adapters <laughs> in your car? <laughs> this he's been him... waiting
0: for this as oh long as he's been God. waiting for model this, three. This made me laugh out loud last night when this, I was doing this, this. Excites
1: me, you know, because yesterday I did something that I haven't done in quite a while. I ran a five k. Uh that's not an easy thing to get yourself set to do and to run and to be exposed in front of thousands of people, right? Because anybody can look up my my race results. Yeah, 72 minutes. (laughs) That's not fast. I did a little better than that. (laughs) (laughs) Was that your time? I don't know what you're talking about.
2: Uh, I would run a 5K. It would take me 45 minutes at least.
1: Yeah, I think I did I, would I did like thirty two. That's pretty which good. Which is a little That's bit nice. slow for me. It's not bad for an old guy. It which is uh not bad. which
0: five K did you run there, big fella? The Santa Monica Classic. So everybody can look it up.
1: They can. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was thirty five uh thirty two. That's pretty good. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm shooting for twenty five, but you know what? There's always another dude out there. Right. And I'm in the I'm in the like fifty five to sixty class. Of course you are. Some Freaking guy, fifty-nine years old, nineteen minutes. Oh yeah, my gosh. I'm like, how is that? Because it's his ninety-seventh five k this year, Robert. He does five k's every morning. Yeah. He was probably born on a. You
0: know
2: a, what's a, am- a good pace? What's amazing <laughs> is the levels of this is what's well, running weekly. My son runs, <laughs> he's got a big race coming up and he hopes to you know get into the low 16, sixteen, sixteen ish mm-hmm. It's fast. Yeah, there are high school kids out there that are doing basically 3 4 minute miles in a row. Yeah. It's unbelievable
0: how fast yeah, go, some people like up. a four, 13 minute 5k. It's
2: unbelievable.
0: So yeah, fast.
1: My wife was like uh a minute and a half away from first place. Really? She's like really fast. Badass. So good.
2: Patrick Wiggins I don't know if he's a runner but he's got some comments. He says uh you wanted to know on the last episode where all the smoke was coming from when Tom was driving around up there going mm-hmm. to full autonomy. And he shows us like picture, Full a map, totality future, Full autonomy <laughs> A picture of the US With all the fires And all the smoke And it's kind of scary The whole US Is covered in smoke
0: And Patrick was the person Who saw the six eclipses It was not the last gentleman That well, saw the go. eclipse then.
2: Now here is one And this is what I wanted to get to This is really good This is from We're talking about Using your kettle at the same
1: time as charging your car and what a problem that is! you mean like the thing that heats up your water? Exactly. For your tea.
2: Now, this is from Fully Charged? Yes. Uh, so in there, there is a, um, a little show about this place where they have lots of renewable energy and they actually make hydrogen out of their excess renewable energy. They take that hydrogen, they bottle it up, they take it over to where the ferries are They then have uh, these ferries being charged, not for pushing the ferry around, but for all the other electrical, with these fuel cells. And it's just an interesting story about how they're trying to develop excess renewable energy, turning it into hydrogen, then using that hydrogen in fuel cells. And it's a really good show. And so when I dishydrogen, I am currently dissing hydrogen for cars, but there is still probably a role for excess solar energy, wind energy being turned into a liquid fuel which might be able to be used
1: in situations like this. Yeah, let's
0: not waste it. Yeah. We're making it.
1: I mean, there's like the Sabatier reaction, which everybody is talking about using on Mars to capture CO2 and to create methane. Methane. Uh, so there's lots of intermediaries that we can take our excess energy from either wind or solar, geothermal, and create some intermediary that we can transport and use that energy somewhere else. It's just better than... Pumping that black oily stuff Out of the ground Which just Ends up creating More carbon and Trouble in St- the long run Stephen
2: McKin Stephen Mackin, Mackin. Look he's
1: from Scotland Oh my
0: goodness here This is, is where work. I said I was going to take uh, My headphones off
2: Stephen Mackin From Scotland He said this loud, Scotland's first Minister just announced Ending sales of Petrol and diesel cars In 2032 Hi Eight years earlier Than the UK government Recently announced Judging by the weather here There is now a Ton of excess energy from our hydro plants and wind farms to soak up all of that for the EVs. So he lives near uh, uh, Glasgow, and uh, thank you, Stephen, for allowing me to do my Australian
1: Scottish accent. Scotland so good. is wonderful. I love Scotland, I but do. I like it. A lot. It's true. It's a very windy place, oh, and there's not so a lot windy. of there's not a lot of stuff outside of like Glasgow and uh, Edinburgh. I mean, there's towns, but cities. But and there's Highlanders. Like, they're like the size of, you know, like our, our neighborhoods here. You got wind? Yeah. You got hydro? Yeah. You got golf? Yeah.
0: And you, you got, got curling. Whis- whiskey curling. And you've got whiskey. It's a pretty great place. <laughs> Sounds like. And you have like Nirvana. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's wonderful.
2: Rod Simmons uh says uh I don't know what he says, but he's got a picture of his car with all of these <laughs> gas tanks in it. And uh, he said, I had to do it because my wife was freaking out that there was going to be a gas shortage.
0: I'm not sure about, right? Because the the email comes from Rod Simmons and the Instagram is from a guy named Jerry Sison. So I think what Rod is saying, this is why you should drive a Tesla because you can eventually see pictures. So this guy, Jerry, was in a gas station at some point, who knows where, maybe Houston, maybe Florida. And he's got no less than... Nine 20-liter gas cans in the back of, of a car full of gas, and yeah. people are giving him dirty looks. Right. Apparently, his wife was freaking out about a gas shortage, so she's like, go get some gas.
1: Right. So, is it at all ironic that he has, his name is Jerry, and these are all, like, Jerry cans? cans. <laughs>
0: That's funny. They're technically not Jerry cans, I but know, I get it. smaller. It. Yeah.
1: Charles Schweitzer? How
0: about just Schweitzer? 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 Schweitzer.
2: He uh, was listening to episode 102, and then he thought he'd check the version number on his uh, Tesla, and he got an Easter egg screen, which is pretty awesome. So yeah, that's right. Uh, as a reminder, if you go to your... The sort of Tesla emblem up the top there, and pull it down. You can find all the Easter eggs.
0: Yeah, I only. This is what my Easter egg screen looks like as, yes. as an older Tesla driver. Yours yeah. probably has
1: many more. Mine has things Mario, upon it. Mario Road, mm-hmm. Mario Road. Do you use Mario Road once in a while? I do for fun. might make yeah. autopilot work. But better. then I just <laughs> listen to the uh, that element of uh, Saturday Night Live with more cowbell, more cowbell. Okay, Robert. Uh, Gr- Grieves? Grieves. Why is that so
0: difficult? <laughs> I, I know, don't did, understand. I have a
2: disorder. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't make fun of I'm people, I'm not making Tom. fun of you, this but it supposed feels to be a, like... It should be a safe space for people who have... Intellectual disabilities So here's
0: what I'll say about this It Go. feels like you're not even trying That's what my <laughs> third
2: grade teacher used to say I'm like I
0: swear I'm trying So the people out there Just so you know He really is trying And he's just terrible at it
2: But this is great Because this is from a listener from Melbourne In Australia, May That you can pronounce Good. Where I went to high school mate. I consider it my city where I grew up yeah. mate. Even though yeah. I grew up in the Outback May mm-hmm. And and furthermore, he is a fourth-year Monash medical student, mate. What,
0: what? Monash in the house! Where
2: I went to university, and I went to that same medical school, mate, in the 80s. Yeah. So, Robert, you're my bro, and so, he says he's an, you know, a big old Tesla fanboy. Mate, you're at Monash. I went to Monash. Do they still remember me there?
0: So, there's a desk <laughs> in classroom 32B. <laughs> Third row, fourth seat in, look
2: underneath that, that's
0: Mel's gum. Mel's gum.
2: It probably smells a little bit, too. So (laughs) I had some issues. Hey, and P.S., he says, I've always wanted to know what Tom's
0: actual job
2: was. He was like some healthcare educator photographer or what? What is he? Who
0: is What? 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 So do you guys want the the answer? I was a photographer. I took mostly pictures of dolls and toys. That was sort of my jam for 20 years. And I am currently a producer of medical education online for Hippo Education. The best. Thanks to Melvis, who who, here's my first day working for Melvis, and no one really cares about this, but I'm going to say this anyways. Say we God, were in L.A. Again. County. I don't care. We were in L.A. County Hospital. We were about to film rounds, which we did at a god-awful hour every Thursday for about the first four or five years that I worked for Mel. Every Thursday we got up and did rounds. And at one point, Mel asked me... He said could you grab me an XLR Cord and I said to him I would Be super happy to get you an XLR cord if you could only Tell me what it looked like (laughs) That's how little I knew And there are XLR cords all over The place they're basically a microphone Cord it's very straightforward Stuff but I knew none of this Stuff and Mel taught me how to do All of this and I'm so much better At it than him now he doesn't even
2: Everything he knows and he still doesn't know anything
1: (laughs) This sounds (laughs) like a story of Voldemort
0: but yes, that's that's my life right
2: PPS, there. Robert is the smart one P-P-P-S My actual last name
0: is Gre... <laughs> Gravinsky no, <it's, laughs> Now you're just playing games It's Greaves
2: Greaves, and I just wanted to hear Mel But it could it be Graves Oh God David Kisser. Now, at the end of this thing He's got how you pronounce this properly Kaiser Kieser this is like Kaiser. Kaiser. Dave, his name is I don't know again. David
0: Kaiser. David Kaiser would be my guess.
2: And he's got a couple of things. He says here, I always appreciate the show. It's truly the best podcast available for interesting information and entertainment combined. How do you like that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? That's what he said, not us. Now, in my attempt to add something to the listeners and the show, I believe most of the listeners are aware of net meter solar systems, but they may not be aware that some power companies are offering alternatives. And rather than go through this, it looks like the power companies are getting more and more sophisticated, interested, or uh, complicated. And net metering used to be you make some electricity and you sell it back to the, the utility You get a certain amount of money, you use some, uh, you put some in the bank. Now it's becoming more complicated in that you can now start buying electricity at different times for different prices and different times of year. And so this is the big change that I haven't seen before. That at different times of the year, the net metering or the time of use uh, charges are going to start to change. So this is starting to get quite complicated but he says this might make buying a battery even more economical particularly during some parts of the year where the utility might want to charge you a lot of money during the peak time where if you have your own battery you could save a substantial amount of money so you'll have to look at this every place is
1: individualized in terms of uh, net metering and time of use and all this stuff I would say to him, if you want to take the time to look at some major power suppliers, let's say in the United States, or I'm not sure where you're at, but pick some large metro areas and track how they've changed their power plans so that you could project over the next 10 years. My expectation is that the incentive to buying a power wall or some battery system is only going to go up as the utilities try and monetize the new uh, environment landscape of electric generation, the democratization of electric generation. So if you get in on a power wall now, even though it looks like it's a really expensive thing, it's only for niche people like Mel, the reality is in five years, seven years, 10 years, you might actually pay that thing off a lot faster. I was uh, looking at my
2: electric bill for uh, mm-hmm. the power wall and stuff, and I found a number of things. But I got to tell you, I used a fair amount of energy the last two months, and my total electric charges was one dollar and
0: twenty two cents. What's your daily usage? Forty seven kilowatt hours. That is very high. You could very much, my guess is, benefit from using s- less energy from u- from from like an energy. Audit. Audit, correct. And
2: I use a lot of energy because we have two electric cars. Yeah. And uh, we live in a hot place with lots of air conditioning. I was pretty stunned. I knew it was a lot. 47 kilowatt hours a day is way over even the U.S. average. And the U.S. average is like twice that of Europe.
0: Right, but you have a big home. Again, like you said, you have two electric cars, both of which have pretty good-sized batteries. And as we've spoken ad nauseum, you don't use any supercharging (laughs) on any of those. But the good
2: news is, look at that, my solar panel's... Did it
0: all. Yeah. The good news is you can use all that energy you want, but imagine how much extra energy. So, what would happen if you got it down to 30? Yes. That 15 extra you were making a day. Yes. What would that, where would that go? Would it go to the grid? Would you get money back?
2: No. Yeah, I do. I get uh, credits on the dollar. I get credits. Yeah, the credits
1: suck. Because in California, or at least in our part of California, when you suck energy out of the net metering system, if you're using it, you get it at the same price as you would normally, whatever you, when you put it back in, you get it back. It's like a wash. but. They're changing that soon. And then if you just want to cash out, instead of it being worth $0.14 a kilowatt, it's like $0.02 a kilowatt. And that's
2: why, again, people will buy Powerwalls because, again, that pushes it in like, well, I'm just going to make mine.
0: So, is there a time of year so let 's say throughout the whole year you 're making that much a day yes you're Are you building a giant bank yes. of electricity that they then owe you and yes. and then during summer, you can suck all yes. that energy back at no or additional cost in or, or bank, whenever yeah. in
2: my bank right now, I have a hundred and nine dollars.
0: Of extra credits is that it, Does go, it say how many kilowatt hours that is? Because uh, that seems like a lot 109 it's a lot of dollars a But lot I'll of blow killer. through that
2: pretty quickly Because what happens in my place In the winter months, there's obviously a lot less sun And also there's some shading So my production doesn't go down by half Which a lot of people find mine goes down by
1: about Two thirds mm. wow, <laughs> For some months So imagine this, your next door neighbor Has no solar panels mm-hmm. And they're also paying, I don't know a month for electricity. Mm -hmm. You start making so much extra, you can't even store it all in a Powerwall Mm -hmm. system. I wonder, and I'd love maybe one of our listeners to look into this, how is it that people are going to start bootlegging energy? So in other words, I live next to Mel and I don't have any solar panels. And I say, Mel and I have a beer or a tequila and we start talking and we make a deal. Let's hook our houses up. Let's put some interconnect meter between our houses, and I suck your extra energy, Mel, to run my house, and so my electric bill goes down, and I give you back some money. I mean, like, you may not even be interested in making money on me. It's a neighborly kind of thing. And then this sort of turns out to be a neighborhood thing. So let's say my house is shaded by a bunch of big trees, Mm -hmm. and we don't want to cut those trees down because they're beautiful. They provide a wonderful, you know, shaded area that you enjoy in your backyard. But you have all the solar panels, and I can't. Mm -hmm. You know, I know this is, quote, illegal against the, quote, code. But how long until we start using our shared energy?
0: Quote, I don't know.
1: Quote JP
2: here says... Um, this guy in uh, British Columbia is doing an interesting thing where he has got a big solar farm and he sells it to the local utility and makes uh, about 5% on his money, which is pretty good. So Matt Dermott, Hurricane Extended Battery, Clermont. we talked about. Matt Clermont. Clermont, sorry. And uh, Gabriel Aaron, both of them said that Tesla did this sort of um, 75 kilowatt battery update for people. So uh, we did talk about that. John Reinert, Dirty Oil. And uh, he is saying in here, first of all, how to pronounce his name.
1: Ryan, not Ryan Hart. You did it. You nailed it the Ryan first time.
0: Like, I think even just naturally you because, that.
1: That's because John devoted a paragraph of his letter <laughs> sure did, to how yeah. to pronounce his name. Thank you, John.
2: And he said two things. First of all, there's a Vice episode on Nigerian oil, which is so scary. I just looked at the trailer, and uh, it looks terrible about what's happening in Nigeria, which is a big oil producer. And then he said this, and this is really my beef with the bolt. The bolt with a B. He um tried to sort of drive or had the idea of driving his bolt from San Francisco to LA and he said there are no CCH charges between LA and San Francisco.
1: Can you believe that? No CCS uh, charges. Maybe not on the I not directly on the I five, but there are in Fresno and along the one hundred one I believe there are as well. I guess what he's saying is functionally, if you want to drive down the normal big freeways
2: like you would in a Tesla, not going to happen with the Bolt. And this is the charging infrastructure thing keeps coming up Yeah, and over, and over again. Jonathan Eng said he's got a Chevy Volt lease that he could give up, that he would like to give up. Melly, you interested? I'll get back to you on that, Jonathan. I don't think so, but I'll know in the next week or two. I might be. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. And Norman Gray says this, that in New York they were going to have a $10,000 per EV incentive, but... Before it even went to vote, it went away. What's up with that? And so he sent us a link to find your local legislature. Same thing just happened in California that I don't know if any of you guys can explain to me. There was going to be a $3 billion EV incentive program, and it's just disappeared, and it's now going to go towards research. Do you know what happened with this thing? No. Great. Thank you very much.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's a pretty long show. I have a quick fun fact for you. Oh, please do (laughs) it. Since we were talking about Scotland— Scotland's on an island, right? Yep. But there's some islands around Scotland. Yep. How many islands make up Scotland? Oh,
0: fun fact. Uh, it uh, turns out to be uh, 16 of them. I think it's
1: 194,000. According to Wikipedia, there are 790 islands. I was,
0: what the I hell was, is that? Right in the
1: middle, and one of
0: them is where curling stones come from Yes One island story.
2: One island with all the stones All
0: the granite for making the high-end curling stones Comes from this one island off the coast of Scotland
2: Let Answer me this lot <laughs> If there's 700 islands How many people have, How many of those islands actually have people living on them Or well, they're just full of, you know, seagull dung I don't know What but was I've... that?
0: What was that accent? That wasn't even close I don't I don't
2: know. <laughs>
1: I, 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 well, in Scotland, depending I, on where you are, there's all types of English accents, so it's fun. I spent a week on the island of Skye, and I have to say, it is one of the most beautiful places I've been. I loved it. It was wonderful. And I was treated like royalty while I was there because I brought California weather. It didn't rain it rained once, one night. It never rains in California. That's right. And I came to Scotland, the Isle of Skye, where it rains like two hundred and some odd days out of the year. And uh is there sky there? It's S K Y E. There is lots oh, of sky. It's
0: Skye. That's Skye. Yeah. You were pronouncing that incorrectly.
1: Skye. There there is a distillery, Talisker, is there? Smoky. It's very smoky. Very smoky. Yeah, that's that's not really my jam. I don't like them too smoky. The cute town of Poetry. 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 Can you spell that? Poetry. P O R T. P O R T R E Y. Okay, Portrait. Uh, but this week, week <laughs> in spelling stuff. Portray But that's how the woman in our BNB pronounced it. Ooh, it was lovely. I, I think loved
0: that's it. That's it. That was the final letter of this show. Truly. It wasn't
2: that long. The show was extraordinarily long. It yeah. wasn't. There it were it highs went so
0: fast. And there were lows. <laughs> there were accents. How many accents did we rock out in this uh, particular there was episode? At least two. At accents? least two. Maybe a dozen. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that was talking Tesla 103
2: I'm going to shut this thing down. Why? Because I've got to go wheeze and poos. (laughs) And uh, I think it's time to end the show. Uh, We'll talk to you next month, except, of course, if you're a Patreon because you love us and you're helping us out with the show. And I will have something extraordinary, amazing, insightful, wonderful, big, large bun, cakey and chocolate covered for you on Friday.
0: But... You're not, we're going to talk to them next month. It's a weekly show, Mel. Why do I say things like that? I don't know. I'll talk you, to you just next scared week. the people. Talk to you next week. We'll be
2: we'll no. They would be happy for we're you to be once a month. <laughs>
0: in the house. Done. Talking Tesla is a production of Fully Blue Incorporated, hosted by Mel Herbert, Tom Wolfson,
1: and Robert Rosenberg. Edited by Eliza Jane Barnes and produced by C.C. Herbert and Mel Herbert. To support Talking Tesla, go to patreon.com forward slash talkingtesla. To find our referral codes, go to talkingtesla.net forward slash about. And
0: finally, if you love the show, go write us a review on iTunes.